No, we're we recording. Yeah, we are now. I spent eight hours with her trying. My top artist was John Merriweather. How many hours? Eight. Which Ooh, is what like was surprising. the sign you listened to the most? I listened Libra. to Libra. Libra. Oh, high five. Um, okay, but you want to know why? Because I listened to the Greatest Showman soundtrack and Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron are both Libras. And so. Mine was Halsey and John Mayer. They were what? both Libras. Sure. Some is too many end of the year, but yours is special. Oh, they gave me my end of the year playlist. Yes. Yeah. Top 100. You can just skip past that. You've already seen that. That's already on your Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Same with the Taste Breakers, which. LOL, I'm never listening I'm to anything never on there. To any <laughs> I like scrolled through it and I was like, what is this? I was like, why are you, Spotify, why are you adding me for my choices? I know. <laughs> Isabel, what? you'll find this apparently surprising. My favorite musical jo- subgenre is Tropical House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you didn't know she listened to house music. No, what? And apparently I'm a unique butterfly. Um, How many people listen? There are only 700,000 people that listen to it. I was K-pop modern or a love small it. number. It was weird. I had modern rock, and they were also like, "You're a unique butterfly." I'm like, "That's not a really unique, it's totally not butterfly." Oh, cool. What? Uh, the oldest song. I love oldies. And sure. what song did you listen to? Is... Oops, I I smacked you with the mic. Boop. Um, Satin Doll by Ella Fitzgerald. Mine was um. Close. Oh, can't. Sorry. Mine. Mine was a uh, classical song from 1958. <laughs> My a classical because I, I listen to ballet. Oh, um, classical music. Me too. Mine I was thought of the Nutcracker, but then I know Carmen's not a ballet. But hey, I look, who's Libra? Libra too. Yeah, I have a Libra. John Mayer. John Mayer. He's a Libra. Halsey and John Mayer were mine. Were Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron? Which I mean, like, I just want to point out, I listened to the Greatest Showman soundtrack, and they're both on it. So like, that's why it's not because I like either one. I mean, I love Hugh Jackman. I mean, so, like, they, it's not like the they release albums. Yeah, they don't you know? either. Do you listen to podcasts on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. that is why you have more. Time. Time. Oh, uh, that so makes sense. Because you listen to all the podcasts it all makes sense. on Spotify. It's not, it has nothing to do with music. Yeah. <laughs> just, just us. And that's what I listen to all day. I yeah. to my music and then I listen to podcasts. So I, oh, so my great, my oldest song was Brown Eyed Girl. <laughs> that's, I love that song. I love that song. It's such a good, like, what? what? It goes top artist, John Mayer. Yo Yo Ma. <laughs> I think I think Van would be very happy Van to be Stray, yeah. in that category. With Dermot me. Kennedy and X Mag, which I don't know who X Mag is. Holy shit! You don't even know. <laughs> oh, what if mine was the Moana person, like who made? Oh. And I was like, who's that? I don't. <laughs> I literally at the end of my li- top five, end who of my list, and I was like, who are you? Yeah, mine was all other than like Maroon Five. They were K-pop. I had Panic on mine, and I was like, "How did you get on here?" <laughs> disco or just the band Panic? All five no, of my most listened to songs were K-pop. At the as Disco, well. I love Panic. At the I disco. love Panic at the Disco. Uh, I didn't think their I, new album just came out. I didn't think I listened to them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't think I listened to them that much, though. You know, like I was like, "Okay, Panic, what?" Mm-hmm. They were number three. 
Wow. No, my top two are obviously. It's not like you had a lot of minutes. Sorry, I'm still hung up on how fucking much I You have podcasts. It's not a fair comparison. Yeah, I seriously. I mean, was, who, what was the most listened to podcast on yours? My favorite murder. I don't listen to podcasts on there. So it didn't have So it had one. Stuff You Should Know, which I looked well, up like once. Yeah, mine was my favorite Wait, murder. sorry. Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Yes. Which is much better. Yes. So much fun. Uh-huh. Okay. So. <laughs> MK Ultra. Hey. If you haven't already, we're going to plug some Spotify. Yeah, Follow us on Spotify then. Um, what? And- we- oh. <laughs> This is like Thank you. Our personal account. Are not sponsored. No, I meant like follow, follow me. our I got podcast, it. I which got it. is it's Duke. on Spotify. If you want to listen to, I was also going to introduce us in oh, that sorry. sentence. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Go so ahead. follow us on Spotify, which is two girls, one scary cat. We were just reviewing our like year in review from Spotify. It's called Spotify Wrapped. You yeah. should go do it. You if should you so go do it and tag us because. We all got freaking Libras for our... <laughs> our I'm a new woman. Our astrology side. I, like, don't even feel like I know that many Libras in real life. What is a Libra? Sam from not... It's, like, um, November. Oh, so is it before or after Scorpios? Because Scorpios are, it's like, not Scorpio. good in my book. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's after Scorpio. They're, like, v danged. Okay. okay. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I never... Yeah. I do, actually. But... I'm, I'm Emily, by the way. Oh, this is Isabel the Scared Cat. I'm on. What is wrong with me? I don't talk why? like that. Why did that just happen? Okay. That was the Melanie Bostic <gasps> thing. My drunk voice. Yeah. yeah. But my fake drunk voice. Yeah, it's not even. <laughs> it's not even real drunk voice. <laughs> Which we've already talked about. Yes. Your Chicago. Hooker. Oh, wait, that might have been in No, the... that's not a drunk voice. That's just fun. You what? said that you do it when you're drunk, though. But, like, I do do it when do I'm drunk. Do you have but a drunk it's... voice? I don't know. I, I really am not drunk that Me either. often. I don't drink. <laughs> so I don't have a drunk voice. I, I can count, I think, still on ten fingers the times I've been drunk. Oh, I cannot. Mm. <laughs> but, we, we know. <laughs> Shit. She was hungover the first day we recorded this oh, podcast. So, so hungover. Wait, you were hungover when you had your wisdom no, teeth no, no, out? No, not wisdom oh, teeth. Oh, wait. Oh, it yeah. Was it was the week. It was the second time we recorded this Self-medication. It was like the week after. It was the week after. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Was, you were still hungover. Let's be real. I was literally dying <laughs> in, in this thing. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. But here I am getting scared shitless. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure it was the time where we talked about Allison I think you were hungover that day. So I was very mad because I was hungover, (laughs) upset, and then that just ruined my day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Progression of Isabel's day right there. Oh my god. But. Uh, Not to be that person, but you might feel that way about today's episode so uh at least yeah once we get to japan i couldn't i cut things out because i couldn't so physically read that's not even the episode and i will cry (laughs) we're not recording japan today the japanese murders but are we prepare yourselves grab your sorry we are recording not currently this This is is. not what you're listening to we're recording for the holidays well (laughs) basically now you know what our theme is for the next week. So well, I think I think when our episode that got lost, we did talk about Jap- our Japanese thing. We did, but we did. Then that, but that happen. episode got lost. If we ever find it, <laughs> yeah, we really want to post it for you. <laughs> It'll happen. But. I I I think Wolf will find it. I do. I, I do too. I have faith in him. So. My mom called. My mom just Facetimed me. I don't know why. Oh, because we are a 
true crime podcast, Perfect. I did want to talk about the arrest that happened this week with Chris Watson. Did you ever listen, Monica, did you ever listen to... Teacher's Pet? No, yeah. I didn't. Okay, so I'm going to explain it really quick because I posted about it on our Instagram when it happened, so you probably had no idea I what did, it was. I did, and I was like, who, what? Yeah, so... Um, Which, I mean, I'm fine with. I'm like, yeah, someone else post. It's hard. Please, if you haven't already, go listen to the Teacher's Pet podcast. It is incredible. It's like a limited um time pod that doesn't make any sense like a limited episode there's uh, only so many like it's not going to be a continuous like the oj uh, simpson trial show that right was on. it's like a yeah. mini series there we go but a How podcast. Did that take us forever? <laughs> okay so it's a so it, it was actually um put together by a journalist from the australian which is a newspaper in mm-hmm. australia and so this woman her name was lynette but she went by lynn um, she went missing, I think it was 1981, but her, and she was married to Chris Dawson, who I said, I think I said Watson a couple minutes you ago. Did. That was wrong. It's okay. Dawson. Um, he was a like rugby star oh. in Australia Whoa. and, um, he was like a, a pedophile. <laughs> he was having a relationship with like a 16 year old girl. Who was their nanny. Oh. Was he a teacher? He was a teacher okay. at the school. It was like a school where a bunch of teachers were having relationships with students. It was disgusting. Um, we had a scandal there at our school, too. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so she goes missing, but he doesn't report her missing because he says she went and joined a cult. And basically, there was like no proof of it, and no one like followed up on it. But her family the whole time were like, "What the fuck?" And then he like immediately had his mistress, the sixteen-year-old girl, move in with him. Uh, and then they got married like a year later. Yeah. So you're an idiot. <laughs> he just got arrested. Good. It's been that long though. I mean, like, good. But the there but was like police geez. corruption involved. Like the police never wanted to investigate anything to do with Why? it. You have to listen to Teacher's Pet. Okay, there we <laughs> go. No, it's, it's seriously, it's so good. And, like, it brought new light to this. Like, they op- reopened the investigation after he started the podcast. So, and it's, like, so well produced. There's so many interviews in it <clears throat> with, like, people who were really there, like, old friends of hers. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, crying because they were, like, I wish I would have done something yeah. back then. Because he was abusive toward her, too. <gasps> What about the 16-year-old? Is she still with him? Or? No. So they, they got a divorce a couple years after because he was, like, weird with her. And then, you know, he may have killed his wife. Like, I don't know. She if got wanted... too old for him. That also happened. Like, that was another aspect of it. So, anyway, he's a disgusting asshole. I'm glad he got arrested. Hopefully this means that we can find out what really happened to her. But I don't strike him as the kind of guy who will ever admit it. But hopefully, I don't think they'd arrest him without some kind of hard evidence yeah so hopefully this means we'll get some answers i just wanted to talk about that since we are a true crime podcast so it's really cool that we're seeing justice happen right before our eyes crazy i know so that was i don't even know what i call that corner true crime corner true crime, sure, true since crime. that's what we're doing <laughs> we're a true crime podcast just true updates crime. from the updates from the real the world yeah, yeah. So, okay. this week's theme is Lady Killer 
femme fatale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna start with some lovely rock paper scissors up in here. God fucking name it. Mm-hmm. I'm not prepared. Um, um, please, Mo, if you slam the table, please don't slam the table. <laughs> just stand just on. Avoid it. Can we just? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> she doesn't want to do it. Monica is literally trying. I think this. I think this. Psychs you out. So you yeah, you were totally psyching yourself out in this situation where you're like, Even I'm going to lose. 100% chance and then I'm going to lose. Can't possibly. <laughs> yeah, Monica, you're going to win. My mom was like, You should let her win. And I was like, How do you let her win? How do you let someone win? How do you let someone win? Yeah. Favorite you can't. That's the problem. <laughs> so. Whatever, let's go. My mom has faith in you. She doesn't want me to win. My mom. Yeah. <laughs> or we count? Damn it! Wait, I don't understand. Wait. Okay, you were supposed to say <laughs> we have to count. Rock paper scissors shoot. This. Yeah, you're off beat. You can't just I'm do that. Off beat. I have bad beat. Rock paper scissors shoot. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't even. I just mimed ejaculating into Wolf's face. We can cut that part. Out. <laughs> no, okay. I think it's. <laughs> One, two, three. Okay, okay. That was a tie. First tie. (laughs) Tie with paper. One, two, three. Tie with scissors. We're mind melding right now. (laughs) We're mind melding. Okay. Tie tie with scissors. One, two, three. Monica just lost. (laughs) Y'all, this is turning out to be Uh, Brazil and Germany um, 2014. (laughs) And I'm not about it. So, 14? was it 14? I'm going to finish my no. sports casting. Yeah, it was. Monica lost with paper, scissors beating paper. Emily's going first. Let's Don't go. Look at the ties. Oh, I already said there's ties. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry. Let me rewind. That, that was the closest we've ever come to winning. Rewind. There's two that ties like before That like a veiled insult. <laughs> How do I insult Backhanded you with, compliment. with I'm just really <laughs> sensitive right now. <laughs> Alright, Monica, you wanted me to do this, so I'm going to sportscast again. We had two ties. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> he's insisting on finishing what she I'm started. I'm going to finish this! <laughs> Fuck y'all! Go ahead. Two We're... ties with paper, scissors. Then finally, Monica losing to Emily in the final third round with scissors being paper. That was really good. That was actually impressive. Erin Andrews, oh my. Is you, that her She name? doesn't cast, though. Oh, okay. She just interviews. You n- need to replace Joe Buck and or Troy Aikman on Fox. Thank you. What about the dude I'll that wears that. Um, really fun suits for basketball? I don't, oh, I was like... Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would much rather listen to Isabel talk about what the Cowboys are doing than those oh. two men I just said. Thank you. Well, yeah, I get depressed every single time I see them calling their game. Okay. Anyway... Anyway, I don't back understand. To... <laughs> that was need to. that oh. was Sports Center with Isabel. <laughs> Side question that we may or may not leave in: Do you know Samantha Rei? Rei? I mean, she hosts no, the... she hosts nothing. Know her in oh, and she's delightful. Yeah, she's amazing. I love I... her. Hi, Samantha. I look forward to your comments every time. Me too. Monica we... has no idea what's going on. Yeah, Samantha, she's... just so you know. <laughs> Samantha's but a part of Nothing you. Important podcast, which we follow okay, that's what I and thought. support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually listen to them because I, I do too. That's how I, okay, so they're pretty good. Yeah, they're amazing. They just talk, talk about astrology, and that's kind of why they're, it's, it's on like going to be a multi part. Yeah, it's a multi part. Yeah, you should listen, you should to, listen it. to it. It's so good. Monica's yeah. wearing astrological sign leggings right yeah. now, so or Sam, like constellation. Sam and Brett, you would love them. To you. 
Uh, they're Shout from Target, out. so go get them. Uh, <laughs> from a couple of months ago. <laughs> so go find them in the dumpster behind your Target. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, I mean, I feel like we talk about them a lot on our podcast. <laughs> we do. Because we love them, but. We do. That's fine. It's a great podcast. Let me take a drink of my coffee. Right. So now I'm just going to start out. We are going to start out with Lady Killers. Oh, yeah, so you start. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. queen. So, the way I'm going to tell the story is where hopefully Isabel and Wolf, if he doesn't already know the story. I'm so excited for uh, this. That where you don't know what's going to happen. So, hopefully it's an exciting... And this is the this is the case that I was, like, making sure you hadn't heard You already. know I hate surprises, right? All right, cool. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Our story begins with the Pan family who are led by Bick and Han. Um, Bick being the mother and Han being the father. I love how you said the mother first. Matriarchal home. Anyway, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not that detailed. Um, but they were both born and raised in Vietnam and immigrated to Canada. They actually both immigrated at different times and then oh, met sweet. each other in Toronto. My family. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I'm like... Normal. Yeah, my yeah, family yeah. did that. Both of them immigrated here. I just think it's cute time. that they were like, they grew up in the same place and then they moved to the same place and then met each other. Like it just was fate, you could say. So they settled down together in the city. They both worked at a car manufacturer for a long time, um, and that's where they like made most of their money. Like they just stuck at it, working there. Um, at the time, our story. T- so, at the time, our story takes place. Well, it's only a Han lot of- works there. Like, Bick doesn't work there anymore. Well, the reason I'm saying that, a lot of times, like, they come over and they don't have a degree, and then they don't have yeah. money to pay for the degree, so, like, car manufacturing. I'm just thinking of my facility in the place I lived last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, we had a lot of immigrants mm-hmm. who would mm-hmm. stay in one spot, and their families all worked there, like, sure. because they just, they immigrated to America, but they didn't have money to have a degree so they just stuck with what they're doing right or sometimes they have a degree but, but it's it doesn't not transfer over yeah. yeah a lot of that's what happened to my grandfather. doctors yeah that's what happened to my grandfather he had an engineering degree from the philippines and he couldn't get an engineering like Dis- job here so he got he did something else but he taught on the side to pursue that passion awesome okay so but we're in canada <laughs> different uh, no i know i mean same so we're in Toronto. Um, yeah. So they had two children, Jennifer and Felix, and had accumulated a decent amount of wealth to where the family moved um, to Markham, which is a suburb of Toronto, Herber. in 2004. <laughs> Markham also has a large Asian population. Uh, they had made a life for themselves, including their two children, with Felix in college and Jennifer, a piano instructor. Okay. So on the night of November 8th, 2010... Jennifer was watching Gossip Girl and John and Kate plus eight in her room. Mm. <laughs> Girl after my dating two thousand. Like, yeah. Oh. oh my god, John and Kate plus eight. Yes. Yeah, they're not together. Yeah, they, they divorced shortly yeah. after that show yeah. again. Um, uh-huh. So uh, yeah, so Jennifer was watching TV and Han was reading the Vietnamese news down the hall in his bedroom before he went to bed at eight thirty. Bic had been out line dancing with friends and returned at 9.30, and then she watched TV downstairs in the family room. 
At 9.35, Jennifer went downstairs to say goodnight to her mom and returned upstairs. Okay, we're going to pause the recording for a second because I have to play them something. It's copywritten. So, so I, we can't. I, yeah. So, well, I'll talk about it on the podcast, but I'm going to play it for you guys. So I just played a 911 call off air for everyone in this room. But basically, you can look up the 911 call for this. Um, I'm afraid we'll get copywritten if I put it on yeah, podcast. Probably. So, okay. So, at 10.05, three armed men with guns came through the front door. All three went to find the occupants of the house, one going to Bick, one going to Han, thus waking him up, and one going to Jennifer. Han was forced downstairs with Bick while Jennifer's arms were tied behind her back and the gunman forced her to give over any money that she had, which, in her room, she had $2,500. What? Um, yeah, she'd been saving it. Oh, okay. Uh, he forced her. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine just having $2,500 laying around? I mean, I used to save it in my room too. Right. So, well, like, I mean, I that's understand. what she's doing. Yeah. So. Did y'all not just have bank accounts? I didn't have a bank account until I won off to high school. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He forced her to locate money from all over the house, including $1,100 that was in her mom's nightstand and to the kitchen for her mom's wallet. While this was happening, Bick asked Han in Chinese, they spoke several languages, um, how they got into the house before one of the intruders got angry at them for talking and ended up pistol whipping Han. After taking Jennifer to all those places, the intruder who was with her took her back upstairs and tied her to the banister. Her parents were taken downstairs to the basement, their heads covered with blankets. Han was shot in the shoulder and face and Bick was shot three times in the head. That's interesting that they didn't shoot the dad. I guess maybe the they didn't spot. have accuracy. I think it was just like different people shooting. Yeah. I don't but, think it was. I know. I know. It yeah. makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. For uh-huh. sure. The intruders leave right after this and Jennifer is able to reach her cell phone and call 911, which I played for you guys. Um, but for the listeners, in case you don't go listen to the 911 call, she immediately asks for help and gives the location of her home address. Um, she says she doesn't know where her parents are, but she's pretty sure she heard gunshots. 34 seconds into the call, you can hear screaming in the background. It turns out to be her dad who woke up after being shot and ran out of the house. A neighbor happened to be outside and Han flagged him down to call 911. So 911 was being called from two different places. Jennifer is screaming out to her dad, and the dispatcher asks her if she hears her mom, and she says, not anymore. Okay. So once the police arrive, they realize that Jennifer was okay. I mean, sort of. <laughs> as okay as you can be, right? Yeah. Um, that Han had been shot and um, was in critical condition, and that Bick was dead. Han is taken to the hospital immediately and um, is put into a medically induced coma, while Jennifer is taken to be questioned about what took place. So the statement it um, that she gives is basically what I just told you guys. Yeah. Um, and she's allowed to go back to the hospital to be with her family. The next day, she finds out um, her dad will survive. <laughs> yeah. When the police bring her in for a second interview, this is when her past is revealed. By the way, if any of you are curious, you can look up all of the interview footage it's all on youtube like hours and hours and hours really oh my god yeah and i mean like i don't want to sit and listen to it all like there's maybe like eight hours of interview footage (laughs) it's a lot but it's all on there in case you are curious so 
What everyone, including her family, had known about Jennifer was that she was a smart and hardworking girl, even from a young age. Like most families, the expectations for the two children was that they work just as hard as the parents had. Mm-hmm. By age four, Jennifer was taking piano classes. Yeah. And, and she was put into figure skating with the expectation that she compete at a national level. Yep. How is that like an expectation for a four-year-old already? Yeah, like, I mean, you expected to do excel at anything you do. No, but it's nuts. Like, it's not my four-year-old eats pace. He's going to be a <laughs> national legend. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, but it's just wild. Yeah. Wild. I mean, that's wild. I yeah. just, they put a lot of money into it. You put, yeah. not only are you going to all these classes, you're doing everything else on the side. You're doing, um, you have to make sure you're maintaining your grades. You have to make sure you're, uh, like going to this the one on one classes your parents are making you go to. Huh, um, yeah. You have to go to tutoring, tutoring as okay. well on top of it. Like, what's a one on one class that's not tutoring? I meant like one on one, like you know, figure skating classes. So I did one on one figure okay. skating classes. Oh my god, you lot. did figure skating yeah, too? I did figure skating. I did oh compete on a national level. You I got been such a pretty figure. Thank you. Skater. I got two medals and then I quit. That's Thick and Han, by the way. They're cute. They look like, they look really similar to like people we might could know potentially. Yeah, they're very Southeast Asian. Yeah, basically. They actually look less Vietnamese than I had expected. Yeah, they look more Malaysian, I'd say. Yeah, they look. Island. Oh, sorry. Here. But yeah, I mean, it's just an expectation. I mean, I I wasn't forced into any of this. Um, I never had to take piano surprisingly never had to take piano classes uh if you're wondering what like ethnicity i am i guess i should tell you guys like I'm it was in the last episode yeah <laughs> it was she, she yeah about it in i the guess last i episode. should explain this like i'm filipino so me and wolf are asian obviously um asian americans asian americans so there's also like to hear about this and the expectations like it's just not it's so normal to us that it's mm-hmm. I, I'm not not surprised. I mean, my parents never forced me to do anything. I was I was free to do whatever I wanted. So I did figure skating on my own accord. Like I wanted to do figure skating. Yeah. Um. I did gymnastics because I wanted to do gymnastics. I did dance because I wanted to do dance. The only thing I would say I didn't really get a choice in was hula dancing. But even then, I had a really good. You liked it. I liked it. So yeah. I, it wasn't like anything that I would say I absolutely hated anything I've ever had to do. I never had to do, I never had to learn how to play an instrument. I never was forced to, like a lot of my cousins were. So Wolf took violin lessons up until. <gasps> Did you really? Yeah. I'm I mean, obsessed like, with he the took violin. violin Are lessons. you really good? No, he sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And you fiddle. I was just wondering. <laughs> um, he's, he's smiling right now. He, he took violin lessons up until like seven. No, I got two. Yes, yeah, wow. I was right. Okay. Yeah, third to seventh grade. Yeah, third to seventh grade. Um, I know, I, I know a family that like we're family friends with, who their children have taken piano all the way from like four until high school, and then the other their other child took violin or is taking wow. violin. Um, yeah, they both actually go to my art alum. Oh, cool. School. Yeah. So. So. Um, 
they had the expectation that she competed at a national level and the additional hope that she make the Canadian Olympics team for the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics. Everybody thinks their child's going to make the Olympics. What year I mean, is yeah. this? The murder takes place in 2010, what but a... she was four at this time. Michelle Kwan, that was the figure skater, mm-hmm. right, of our youth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was this around that same time? Um, it was probably a bit before that. Yeah. I wonder when if that, like, was, sparked their, like... It did, I mean, it did I mean, there like... Were, but there was, like, other... Yamaguchi was yeah. competing before Michelle yeah. Kwan was. Those oh. other... So, epic skating, after, like, seeing... Because we... I mean, like, the thing about how many Asians compete in other sports, like, that was one of the only sports that we saw Asian... A hole in the market. Yeah. A niche. Uh, yeah. So, fill. a lot of... I mean, that's why I did it, because I wanted... I was obviously young when Michelle. Yes. Yeah. We, she, we, I she, loved her. Like, I, I was loved obsessed with her, her when I was a I kid. I was so obsessed with her. I was like, I'm going to be her when I grow up. That's what I did figure skating. We have I the same. Like, we have the same birthday. To be <laughs> me and Michelle Kwan. She's yeah. awesome though. She's not like a. Uh, yeah, she's she great. Works for the, she works for the. Yeah. The, the skating the, team. Yeah. Like she, is, I don't think she's a coach. She just she's is like, like an, an analyst. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So some nights during elementary school, Jennifer would come home from skating practice at 10 p.m., would do homework until midnight, and then go to bed. We're talking about an elementary school Mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) So she ended up tearing a ligament in her knee, so the skating had to stop. Tearing a ligament hurts worse than breaking a bone. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's awful. And you can't compete anymore. Really, no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. you so, you'll never be back to have the to get surgery. level of yeah. And and who what? Who knows if that surgery help like it could make it yeah. worse? Exactly. You're not going to be 100. There's a back. lot of like risk yeah. in getting surgery. And so she's some, young. Yeah, she's a baby. Yeah, what you said six? I don't know how old she was. She was elementary school. Pliable ligaments that tore. That's yeah. the best. Time That's to, how much she'd been That's skating. Crazy. Yeah, this is the best time to. To train yourself, though. Yeah. To be this pliable, to be this flexible, to That's why you're so your young body. when you're a No, skater. yeah, but yeah. it's nuts that she tore that. Like, I tore yeah. a ligament, what, three months ago? Yeah. After playing competitive volleyball for 10 years. Yeah. And you're 24. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've twisted and, like, yeah. sprained my ankle probably I mean, five times a year for 50 times. Yeah. 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 I know. I guess I just know where they're coming from. <laughs> oh you'll 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 see the you'll, yeah goes. well i know where they're coming from also but like also i don't know there's other people from our high school who played competitive soccer for years and had tore their acls yeah. multiple times oh i know so i don't know like they and, yeah. and those people wanted to be playing in college and they did succeed yeah some of them did but like just think about it that way like how much you were going to push your body mm-hmm. to get to what you wanted eventually she began to self-harm by cutting due to the pressure that she was feeling. When she was getting ready to graduate eighth grade, she expected to be named valedictorian. She expected to be named valedictorian and won other various academic awards. Instead, she won nothing and was extremely disappointed in herself. However, she went on to get great grades in high school. Her parents really wanted her to go to the University of Toronto, but Jennifer got a full ride to Ryerson University and wanted to study science there for at least two years, and then she would go to the University of Toronto for pharmacology. She's smart. That's smart. Pharmacology or pharmacology? Sorry. (laughs) Pharma. The study of (laughs) pharma. 
her parents, her parents, while they did have other plans for her in mind, couldn't complain about the full ride, and were in fact really proud of her. They gave her money for a laptop and um, like let her still live at home while going to school. I just want to point out to anybody who sucks at school, grades do not define you. No, no they don't. They don't. Mm-mm. I just, I like I really want to stress that as much as possible. Grades are just a subjective, sometimes objective system to calculate are you good at taking tests yeah so i was y'all i was not good at in school like i mean there were some subjects that i did great in but math and science i was like shit 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 really shit at it and i graduated college with i got like two degrees history and english right Sort of, <laughs> yeah. And I, like, got the equivalent of honors. Like, I, but I was doing what I loved, you know? Like, you get to do that at one point. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't know, because, like, I don't know, in some communities... You can't. You're I know. expected to be yeah. a nurse or an engineer or a doctor. So I'd... If you do get to do what you love, pursue it with all your passion, because some people out there are not able to do that yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was sure. limited in my career path yeah by my parents yeah my parents never limited me but i'm just saying that some people out there was explicitly yeah. and implicitly yeah yeah so um they still had strict rules for her at, while she lived at home um such as limited phone use and no dating limited phone use and no dating oh no dating yeah i wasn't allowed to date i was technically not even allowed to have a boyfriend in high school I'm technically still not allowed to date. I was not allowed to date until I'm 30, was my mom's well, rule. Here we are. Um, here we are. <laughs> it's okay, though, because Wolf is a family friend, so, like, uh. <laughs> So, how are you not supposed to date until you're 30? Just don't ask. Okay. That was the rule. You're not allowed to date until you're married. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> my mom would put me in a nunnery if she could. So while in Send me to the nunnery. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> while in high school, Jennifer met a boy named Daniel Wong while they were both in their school's band. They were just friends at first, but after a, a band trip to Europe with the school where he helped her with an asthma attack she was having, Aww, they became yeah. a couple. Aww. Yeah. A secret relationship began until college when Jennifer's parents eventually find out about what had been taking place. They were upset and disappointed. Yes, they got extremely angry and made her break up with him. Yep. So she listened. Wasn't there um, yep. an element of they looked down on his race background? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. It I thought you were shaking talking. your head about the other elements. <laughs> no, I mean stop talking. Oh, wow. That's another oh, thing to have to God. unpack. Shit. Yeah, because he was Chinese. And they were... Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Oh, yep. There's there's a difference, y'all. In the American. Well, in what the, they they think. In, her parents. Her parents. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I can't talk. I mean, Whatever. Know. I'm dating a Filipino guy, so I only have grounds to talk. But you are Filipino. I am exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm dating a Filipino guy, so I'm doing what a, is expected. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. But I. I mean. So, even though her parents were disappointed about the secret dating, the relationship with Jennifer and her parents didn't suffer. In fact, on some days, they would let Jennifer stay at her friend Topaz's house, um, like, some days during the week, because Topaz lived closer to Ryerson. 
um, than where the Pan family lived. They don't sound horrible. They sound like a normal Asian... It's my air conditioning. Yeah. Sorry. They sound like a normal Asian American... Canadian. 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 Americas. America. <laughs> North American. North American. <laughs> they sound like a normal Asian immigrated, immigrated family. Yeah. Like, they still want their children to respect their values and culture, but also still have a life here in whatever country they immigrated to. Mm -hmm. It's it's a hard... I think that's just a very hard thing to balance in... Oh, for sure. It's just what you were just saying off the record, but basically that you didn't want to do what your family yeah <laughs> it's like it's because you are like you want to live your own life you want to live one and you're you didn't grow up with those values and those that i mean yes. you did you did but, but you also it's a have second, this other part yeah but it was a second hand it's something that like i feel like any immigrated like kid or kids first of gen. immigrant yeah first generation Whatever country you're from, first gen iPhones. I'm gonna say American because, in the sense, I I'm talking about myself, especially like first generation American. We feel I feel like I feel that split all the time, where I'm just like mm-hmm. pulled one way or another way, and I feel like Monica <coughs> feels that way, and I know Wolf does because we talk about it sometimes about how like <laughs> there's like a revolution going on in California where Filipino Americans are trying to like reclaim their Filipino heritage, but you're American, <laughs> too. Like, yeah, you're both. You're both. The one does not um, segregate you from yeah, the other. Exactly. Like you can it be doesn't... both an American. You can be both. But some. But just I... because you're American doesn't mean that you're not something else. Right. And that's but one of the beautiful the... things about being American. That's, but that's the also problem. The, problem. the history of it. People think that there is yeah, that you, you have, have to, to be one decision. or the other. Yeah. And then if you go back to your home country, so say if I go back to the Philippines, you're not Filipino, I'm not Filipino enough, enough, yeah, enough girl. to be a Filipino. That is the story of my life. Exactly right. Yeah. And then you come to America, and sometimes you're, you're like, "Am I not American enough to be American though?" Which is stupid. Don't even get me started. My yeah, I mean, favorite. I, I can be honest, but like, yeah. what is American in true life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite college essay was how, like, literally I'll go anywhere and I'm not in a box. Yeah. And it was like, I can be here. I'm not American enough for an American. Yeah. I'll go over to, like, El Salvador or Spain and I'm not enough either and then fuck i went to international school and they're like yeah half of the people did not know what to do with me because they're like oh you're just like an ignorant american i'm like okay you're from texas you must be like incredibly republican you must be like (laughs) x y and z and then it would take a couple of my friends like my best friends they're like monica I realized, like, you're really not this thing. I'm like, yeah, stereotypes. I'm not in a box. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Yeah. No. And it's like, oh, God. Even going to college, they're like, yep. Our college. That Jesus. complimented me on my ability to speak English. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! That doesn't surprise me at all. I that that one... came from somebody at our school. Also, so. I Bless was one heart. of the first Fil- in my school. I was one of the first Filipino people they've ever met. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Like insane! Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit! There's so many of us here in America, and. I'm yeah. literally your first person you met in you in college. We're in college now. Like, no. get out in the world. There's a lot to see. Basically, is what I'm going to say to end this rant. 
Okay. Well, yeah, but back, back to the back story. to it. I told y'all that there was going to be a lot of discussion coming on. Also, sidebar to the sidebar, American. Let's get to that definition of that term. America took her glasses off. She took her glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> but, is- I, but that's why I left it a question, though, because I want to hear what the listeners... Like, what is American? Like, do we have to come from fucking Mayflower? Like, no. no like that's not American either. There's not- a lot of people that bitch about the definition of American applying only to people of the United States of America. Because if you think about it, oh, there's not. North, it's there's North South. South. Yeah. <laughs> I met someone once, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm American. She's like, bitch, me too. And she was Peru. They are American. They all are. One of my best friends wrote, she's like, America is more than one place. Yeah, exactly. So so we shouldn't, I don't know, I feel like we self- added that to the united states what it's i think it's we need to be we need to be more inclusive in that definition of course of- well just there's a lot of things that america is fuck i did South, it again united the united states. states is very united states centric with the media and a couple of other things and just oh, the yeah. way of life and oh, then yeah. the, the way we teach history and i think that is all encapsulated god i i'm gonna stop talking at a certain point but it's all encapsulated in a tiny little bubble and that's why we think america only applies to those yes. of the yeah. united states passport holders again and so i don't even have a passport again so get <laughs> i don't out, even have a passport get so. out there and learn about the world because it will astound you yeah okay cool so back at, at one point it. jennifer gets a paid internship at a hospital Woo! her parents are incredibly proud of her yep because they know how hard she's working for this she worked there three days a week in what? between taking classes what was she doing there <laughs> Sorry. Go on. During this time, she finds out <laughs> she also received a scholarship for the University of Toronto's par- pharmacology program. So what I, her plan of going there. Her five-year plan is happening, which is like every Asian per- parent's green Is it though? Is it? You okay. want to know what my mom told me when I went to college? Go to college. No, not that. I mean, is she really oh. laying her, her five-year oh. plan out? Probably. I had a five-year plan unfortunately for jennifer oh this is her oh, her extensive lies it. begin to unravel very quickly i this is exactly why i told the story like this. oh yeah it gets Wait, real fun really, strap yourself in for I this really roller coaster i want to tell you what my mom told me before i went to college that's fine <laughs> go, go to college tell me what sassy said go to college get a job get a job that will pay for your education that's it thanks mom I live by those things. <laughs> I did though. I did the. I I did all of it. Okay. So her parents became very weary about what Jennifer was actually up to when they noticed that she had no uniform nor hospital ID for her internship, which you would definitely have if you worked at a place Sketch like that. Ball. Wow. How's she gonna get? Girl, you could have gone through this if you just like laminated some shit. Put it on a lanyard. You could have done this. You mm. could have got away with this. She got some scrubs. I really yeah. cheap. That did you that. can go to Walgreens. One day, Bick and Han drove Jennifer to work. Work is in quotes. Where Bick secretly followed her inside and discovered the truth. Jennifer had indeed never had an internship at this hospital. In fact, Jennifer had never gotten a scholarship either. Period. What? Not to the University of Toronto. Nor Ryerson. This actually meant Jennifer had never gone to college and had been faking it this whole time. Literally, Mm -hmm. 
every parent's worst nightmare. Every Asian parent's worst nightmare. You might be thinking that every that's parents. it. But that's not it. Oh, it is every parent's okay, good. Because it's definitely every Asian parent's worst nightmare. Jennifer. Hey. Overbearing parents has no racial bounds. No. As someone with overbearing parents. She's a tigre. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer never went to college because she couldn't. AKA, she never graduated high school. Oh my God. Mm hmm. Oh my. Okay, whoa. This is literally. Mm hmm. Worst nightmare ever. Yeah. Of a parent. So, I mean, not really. Okay, if you don't graduate college or high school, you can do things with your life. That's going to be part of what I talk about. (laughs) Go to trade school. You can get a trade is wonderful. Trade is wonderful. No, seriously, it's a dying, dying, dying thing, and I really do need people to work. I need people to work for my company. So I'm like, go to trade school, everybody. You can get awesome, awesome benefits from an awesome company with an awesome paying job. Become a court stenographer. Mm-hmm. All right. So what our parents discover is that although Jennifer had done well in school in the middle grades, high school grades for her were average at best, around a 70%, excluding her Oof. music classes. 70? Everyone's face just now. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's oh, about right. <laughs> Holy no, ma'am! <laughs> I'm sorry. All curls are like words. fake hanging himself. So like, yeah. yeah, that's how we all feel about. Mm. So starting in high school, she began to forge her report cards, <laughs> basically by cutting up old ones. Oh, she knew her grades were not satisfactory. She's smart. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Well, we're like, yeah. Okay. When was this? Yes, like, the level of effort. Mm. If she did it like know, physically, this is what like, I'm saying. Like, it. if 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 she'd have applied this to school, but oh, it's like the people that have... cheat. Yeah, some and like, just don't apply. Yeah. It's like they they put all the work into cheating. Mm-hmm. But, but you could have just you could have just studied. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But the thing is, y'all. Some people just don't want a school. And, I know. And school's it's not, not for, for everybody. everybody. Jinx. Personal jinx. Yeah. It um, isn't. Well, that's because the way a lot of school systems are, they're they're built around one type of person. Yeah. They whereas are. Whereas they, they are, are not for and, so many types of learners. Yes. Are... Anyway. Okay, anyways. The sorry, education we... system is incredibly... Yeah, no. It's yeah. not good for boys, generally. And it's not good for... Um, yeah, we'll get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so. yeah, we're getting on a lot of tangents, but this is bringing up a yeah, lot of things I, that we... I knew it a was. Lot of, a lot of things that we do actually discuss in <laughs> our, our passions, personal, personal life, life, like, with, with the yeah. three of us. So, I mean, we've do, we've talked about this ad nauseum. <laughs> we talked about it last us. week after we talked we about recorded. last week after we recorded. We talked about, we talked about it because we all went to the same high school. Yeah. Um, we talked about in high school because we, we realized how one how important education is in in this day and age because but also how people who don't like school school like how that's just not beneficial like to them or the society or how people learn so i just i have a lot of feelings about this and all three of us really do yeah (laughs) i just have a lot of feelings (laughs) we'll make a cake so she knew her grades were not satisfactory enough for her parents which is what led her to do this so she claims what ended up happening was that Jennifer ended up failing her senior year calculus class Jeez. while you in blamer man yeah. calculus is a rough uh, subject subject yeah. for most people. So while in her I took s- business calc 
And that was super easy solely because it was business calculus, guys. No comments. So while in her senior year, she applied to Ryerson and had gotten a full ride from them. But after she failed the class, they rescinded the acceptance. So oh, this, so it oh, was. Oh, she did have a full so ride? She yeah. Have, so she already had it. And then, How do you have a full ride if you're making 70s? That's fascinating. I mean, I don't know. No. Okay. She must have wrote a banging essay. And... Or got had good testing Good test So this meant that Jennifer felt she had to hide her failures, and her way of doing that was to pretend to go to college. She bought used textbooks and wrote fake notes in an attempt to fool her parents. In reality, she was going to cafes, teaching as a piano instructor, and working at a restaurant in order to earn money. Oh. So, so um, I mean, yeah, she's a smart girl. She's not doing nothing she's with her very life. Very intelligent. Like, she, she, okay, so she realized she did fail and do something wrong and i i wish her fa- i wish she had was more um i don't know what mark is doing right now i wish she <laughs> i wish she had more faith in her parents to know that they would still have been proud of her if they hadn't known you'll see like this story it just it gets... i know i because i've tried to hide things from my mom she always finds out one and she yeah she'll be disappointed but she but the one thing that she always does is she always, she does ask, "Did you try your best?" They still love you. Yeah. And, at the, at the end of the me. day, like if like t- or telling the truth rather will get you into less trouble than yeah. Oh, heck what yeah. she's doing? <laughs> yeah. Like this is just lie upon lie that you're gonna yeah. have to try to get yourself out of. And how can you even remember everything that you lied about? That and how can you? I don't know. It's so hard for me. I mean, like. I can lie to my parents, but it's so hard. Like, after the guilt... I don't like it. The guilt just sets in, and you're like, I can't. Yeah. So, after... I always tell them the truth. (laughs) I do. Like, even, like, nine, like, maybe, like, an hour afterwards, I'll be like, I lied. (laughs) There's this saying in Spanish that lies have little legs. Yeah, they do, bitch. They do. Yeah, they they do. Because whenever I think of it, I just imagine this like little bulb that looks like the microphone with teeny tiny legs, (laughs) just hopping around, hopping around, yeah, Yeah. following you. Hi, (laughs) Ro. After the two years that she pretended to be at Ryerson, she, yes, so she pretended to get that scholarship to the University of Toronto and then the internship at the hospital. Even the part of the story where Jennifer asked to stay at a friend's place wasn't true. She was actually staying with Daniel. Of course. Because guess what? She never broke up with him. Of course. On top of that, Daniel was also a drug dealer. Oh, no. Why couldn't he have gone shocked up with a good guy? Yeah. Her parents are obviously shocked and angry. So angry that at one point her dad really wanted to kick her out of the house. Wow. But Bick convinced him to let her stay. They made her immediately begin working on finishing that one calc class, and once she finished that, they really wanted her to apply to universities. She couldn't leave the house except to go to teach her piano lessons or talk on the phone. Like, she couldn't talk on the phone with anyone except her family. Did they know about Daniel? That's what I'm saying. Like, that this is after everything comes out. So she absolutely had to break up with Daniel and not communicate with him at all. This is so, like, if, girl, if you had just... So yeah. the truth at the beginning, your parents would have let you on a shorter lease. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. is... She does have a secret phone, so she could communicate with him anyway, but they are broken up. They are not dating. Um, mostly because Daniel was like, I'm tired of having a secret relationship. Yeah. Also, what Monica did mention earlier, like, 
Jennifer kept telling him that her parents didn't like him because of her his race. Oh my god. And her race subsequently, like, yeah. um, but whether that was actually true or not, we don't know. Yeah. It could have just been one of her lies. So she seems like a compulsive liar. Oh, for sure, she is. So if she, I wish, if you get diagnosed for that, there's definitely. I don't. Ways. I don't. Well, we'll get into that. So this obviously was upsetting to Jennifer, like that he didn't want to date her anymore, but there was nothing she could really do to change his mind. However, Daniel's such a peach. Uh, he began dating other people and eventually met another girl who he, quote unquote, fell for. Although this had taken place, Daniel was still communicating with Jennifer and what? flirting with her what? and encouraging her to flirt back. What? Men are trash. Uh-huh. So obviously he really fell for this other girl. So much so that he has a side piece. <laughs> yeah. Or the original piece. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer obviously was upset. So what does she do? She lies some more. Oh. <laughs> no, not oh. yet. We're not there yet. Um, she invented a story where a man had come to her door and uh, had a police badge. So she opened the door and said she was rushed by a group of men who gang raped her. She also told Daniel that a bullet was sent to her in the mail that she insisted was from his current girlfriend. Why? This isn't That's a up... really extreme lie. Like, For sure. sure, I understand. How could you prove that? So Like, how could you be like, look at this? Or... I wouldn't believe it. A bullet sent in the mail. Does she have a bullet? Like, just chilling with her? To I know, right? Like, like I don't... How did you get one bullet? Ugh. So... Tries to buy a dangerous neighborhood, sees a drive-by. Like, hey, can I borrow these? Yeah. So as the, well as just, like... She never so even extreme. got the outcome she wanted because he didn't break up with that other chick. But, like, they, they were, everything stayed the same. So it didn't change anything. That's so sad. So the, the police learn. So back to the second interview. Yes. <laughs> this is all coming out during the second interview. Okay. So we're back to the interview. Like, they, the police had learned about this. And Jennifer does willingly talk about all of this with them. Like, she's open about it because her family knew. Like, all this was already out in the open. Mm-hmm. So she had to talk to them about it. She's still maintaining her original story. Oh. So in the spring of 2010, so the November 2010 was when the murder happened. So we're going... Incredibly recently. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were sophomores. I know. Yeah. Sophmo. So in the spring of 2010, so before that, Jennifer started talking to an old friend from elementary slash high school named Andrew. When she started talking to him again, she remembered that he had once bragged that he'd robbed people at knife point. Andrew later denies that this had ever happened, which I could definitely believe because how often do high school boys lie about stuff that they're doing? Like bragging uh, about skills that they, they don't, don't have. have. So, <laughs> so often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point, Andrew introduces Jennifer to a man named Ricardo Duncan. Jennifer gave Ricardo $1,500 to kill her parents. But he gave it back to her and said, hell no, I'm not doing that. Did she tell the cops this? No. Oh, okay. This is me telling you. Got it. And as we know, Jennifer and Daniel are still talking to one another. And they come up with a plan to have her say, parents killed. Of course, Daniel is the one who comes up with this goddamn plan. Well, her. it's her plan, but he helps her. So that she can inherit the $500,000 life insurance payout. And Daniel says it's going to cost ten k to do this because he knows people. Daniel knew he a wasn't guy. Just a casual drug dealer. Oh no, then. he was dealing like heavy drugs. Wow, it wasn't just marijuana. I hope he went to jail too. Don't worry. So <laughs> Daniel knew a guy named Linford Crawford. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, name. it's yeah. such a name. Linford um, Crawford. That would plan it out and execute it. 
So he got Jennifer an iPhone and SIM card to contact him with. They also called Crawford homeboy. Whatever. Whatever. Um, so, like, if you hear people, like, talking about this case, they'll sometimes refer to this man as homeboy. I'm not going to call him that. Um, I wouldn't want to call him by his name anyway. <laughs> Crawford called two other men to help him, Eric and David, who were both career criminals. So after the police have interviewed her, they are very interested in her and beginning to consider her a suspect. They're like, whoa, this girl's special. Um, to the point where they have her followed. Um, and then her dad woke up. There was a police presence at the hospital and they basically kept Jennifer from seeing her dad. Good. Because they were just focusing on trying to interview him to get his story of what happened that night. Her father while having been shot but before that still clearly remembered jennifer interacting with the intruders and speaking quietly with one of them and she wasn't tied up so this basically sealed her fate along with her phone records nice so she was eventually tied up the police did find her tied up like that was real did they wasn't tied up the whole time like she said find um cell phone the hidden cell phone the secret yeah they, 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 they get did. all of that oh, she actually tells them that she has other phones how did she call if she was tied idiot. up okay yeah exactly okay we'll get there so jennifer was arrested during her third interview um during this interview the lead interrogator lied to jennifer saying that there was technology that could detect when a person was lying <laughs> as well as telling her that they had infrared satellite images of the home during the murder slash intrusion so in Canada, prosecutors can lie to suspects during interrogations. That's Aww. fun. Yeah. Jennifer admitted to hiring people to kill her parents, naming Daniel, Crawford, Eric, and David as accomplices. So she was arrested in November 2010, and the others were arrested in the spring of 2011. Why so? Oh. Investigations. Yeah. They need evidence. They have to have proof that they were involved. If you don't have enough, then they can get off. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to talk briefly about the trial because we do get more information about what had happened during the trial. All of them pled not guilty to first-degree murder, attempted murder, and conspiracy to commit murder. Most of the prosecution's foundation for their case rested on cell phone activity, including physical movements and texts. A hundred messages were sent between Jennifer and Daniel in the six hours before the murder. In addition to cell phone activity, the unusual break-in provided lots of evidence proving what really took place. Jennifer's prints were the last ones on the front door's lock, meaning she was the last one to touch it. She had left the door unlocked for the intruders to come inside. Oh, girl. She also... You were so smart about everything else in your life on all the line. Yeah, sort of. (laughs) She also could not recreate how she made the 911 call while tied up. Idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, she wasn't treated similarly to her parents during the intrusion. Yeah. At one point during her interrogation, she said that she believes she wasn't shot in the basement like her parents because one of the men told her she cooperated, which was a lie. Yeah. She planned it. So all of them except Eric were found guilty and given each a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. Eric's lawyer, so to explain this, Eric's lawyer became ill during the trial, so the, his part of the case was a mistrial. No. And then he didn't want to have to bring the family back in for a second trial. They were all tried together. Um, so he pled guilty and received 18 years. Mm. Uh. 
Jennifer's father and brother submitted a court order to where she cannot contact any surviving family members, and she's also barred from contacting Daniel. Huh. So, one of the big things that I wanted to talk about was, like, the concept of tiger parenting, which we've sort of mentioned throughout um, the episode so far. Like, whether her parents were tiger, whatever, quote, tiger parents or not, like, there are people who have that experience in life who don't fucking murder their parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, and you were saying at one point, like, her parents don't sound bad. They probably weren't. But even if they were, it doesn't matter. They were just parents. Yeah. I think they were (laughs) just just trying to do... parents. Yeah, the best they they knew how to do. And if... From what... Honestly, from what I'm hearing on her side of the story, she sounds like a bad child. (laughs) Well, she sounds like she had, like, some mental issues going into it. Like, a little bit of nature and nurture to it. So that's what I wanted to talk about, too. We... She was self-harming mm-hmm. there was obviously some depression yeah. involved and that might have been untreated in the sense yeah, that yeah like the parents really didn't really have yeah. mental health problems mm-hmm. not even in my family mm-hmm. <laughs> okay oh no 100% i get so that, yeah i know that contributed and then you said a chronic liar probably some narcissism yeah um in, involved could, yeah that's definitely an issue Again, plenty of people with depression who don't murder their parents. Sounds like a sociopath too. Yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah, I don't want to go with like all of. <laughs> I don't want to no say knowledge. that. <laughs> Just in case. But I mean, to lie for that long, pull it off. That's, that's Jennifer. Okay, this is fucking me up. The voice sounded like Isabel, <laughs> and that photo looks a little bit like her. She looks I mean, nothing like Isabel. She looks nothing like no, Isabel. I'm just... <laughs> So no. she has dark hair. Okay, but the voice sounded like She has like that. dark hair. No, that doesn't look like I mean, that. No, her, y'all don't. But. Her brother, her parents. Um, that's Daniel, and then those were the three other men. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, she looks nothing like you. Look, it's yeah. going to be deceiving, y'all, because Daniel does not look like a serial killer. Put glasses uh, on. A serial killer? <laughs> not a serial killer. But a a um, drug, drug dealer. dealer. And yeah. she doesn't look oh, like... Oh, sorry. Here. No, that's fine. And then she doesn't look like a... Someone who would murder her parents. But it looks going to be deceiving because yeah. I mean, deals with everything in different ways. So that's my lady killer. I know she didn't physically do it, but she planned, she planned it, it and paid people to do it. Yeah. So. I had to test that. That's yeah, she looks nothing like you. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the picture on the page before is the one that you were. Mm-hmm. She does not look like me in that picture either. <laughs> no. She reminds, like, this, that was what she looked like after she got arrested. Retreat looks. Yes, yeah, that that's is exactly true. fucking it. <laughs> yeah. But I will say... She looks very young to be in her 20s. She was 24. She's, she's our age. age. That does, she does she won't get out of jail till she's like 50-something. She looks seven. Well, possibly, because she's got life, but parole will come up 25 years. We'll probably let her off. So I doubt it. I will t- Not her. Maybe the other people. I will say, though, because you are saying that... Jennifer looks like me. We did decide that I would be the murderer out of three of us, so... Uh, yep. Okay, um, we need you, to get... I want to discuss that at the end. So if you... Sure. We but can, we but can, we're also going to do our our list. List, yeah. So if you uh, thought it was Monica, because she's fiery, she's just fiery. She's really she's super just, nice. It's just... She's, her airiness. Yeah. I have a big bark, but I have no bite. Exactly. I would say... She's just loud. Yeah. That is. I... That is... 
And yep, then that's it. If you thought it was she's M, loud. if you thought it was oh M, hell no, <laughs> sorry, she's the sweetest. No. I'd survive a horror movie if I had to through intelligence. <sighs> sure. Me. See what I'm talking about? I didn't get good grades, but I'd survive a horror movie. So what does that really say? <laughs> Me? I don't even know. Why Why did we decide? I would be... It's because you're a Gemini. <laughs> Honestly, probably because I'm a Gemini. Uh, I am the most manipulative one, I think, out of oh, the three of us. I'm pretty manipulative. Just, I... I am too. You just don't know it. No, like you. <laughs> no, like you really don't know. Like again, well... you don't either. <laughs> okay, now Monica has a long one. I'm so yeah. excited. What's yours? What's yours? What's okay, yours? so it's wild. I'd never heard about it until I got to the Wikipedia murder. Page. What the list that I talk about all the time? No. Oh no, 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 no. There's like this like I was about to say slash R murder, but that's Reddit. That's Reddit yeah. Uh, so Wikipedia, you just go to murder. Yep. And then they have like murder by categories. So when we were talking oh my about categories, Christ. Yeah, I'm gonna cry. Great stuff. I can't wait to do that later. That's where it's I got like later. murder without a conviction or conviction without That's a body. That's where you come up with all. Of That's the... where I got all of them. I, love I was reading you. them off. They were really I cool. Love you so you did like mine. They just had different ways of categorizing it, and I just saved it. Um, I love you. And... You like my categories. No. Yours are just hard. <laughs> Yours are just so specific. Like, this got cut did out you say of our killer picture. food? Foodie murders. Foodie, Foodie murders? murders? And I was like, what Anthony does that mean? And then, I ha- and then I had to be like, you mean poison? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, that's what I so mean. like, not my truffles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to kill me. Um, okay. okay. Hold on. Let me readjust. I'm so excited. What's this yours? is what's yours? What's yours? freaking wild. Okay. Wild, wild, wild. Wild. One more time. Okay, what's wild. on our scale? Our Alice and Bosso scale? Oh, it's not... <sighs> It's not that. Okay. Sort of wild. It's just, um, it's crazy that neither, or at least I haven't heard about it. Okay. Her name is Sharon Kine. Okay. I don't know. I don't Sharon know. Elizabeth Kine, born Sharon Elizabeth Hall, November 30th, 1939. Cool. Oh, okay. In Mexico, she was known as La Pistolera. Okay. See. Um, and she is an American murderer who is the subject of the longest currently outstanding arrest warrant for murder in the history of Kansas City, Missouri, and has the longest outstanding felony arrest warrant in history. So she's and, never been caught? We'll get there. Okay. And um, sidebar, her case is the subject of ID investigation discovery series, uh, a crime to remember episode. <gasps> Lucky Be a Lady, season four, episode two. Okay, I haven't seen that one. In 2016, if you're interested. But, okay. I fucking love that show. Buckle yourselves in, because this is going to be a whole wild ride. Okay. Early life and marriage. I had to categorize it, because, it, again, it, this was Keep 11 going. pages. Um, So, she was born in Independence, Missouri, and when she was in junior high... See, we just cut all of that out. Doris and Eugene Hall, her parents, moved to Washington, state okay but uh by the time that sharon was 15 they came back to missouri and she attended high school not important to know which one well william christian chrisman high school cool 16 when she was 16 years old she met a 22 year old college student named james kine as you know her last name they end up getting married gross they met at a church function in the summer of 1956 what they wait what college is by there that she met him at 
she's in high school yeah so like yeah, what college, he college? yeah he said no, oh. no 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 no. we'll we'll get there okay. so he went to byu Brigham Young yeah, University of Mormons and um they dated regularly until he had to go back to college Sharon was um deeply interested or apparently reportedly was deeply interested in finding a partner with prospects who could take her away from independence uh-huh. oh. and she wrote a letter to him informing him that she was pregnant by him Kine took leave from his college and returned to Independence, where they got married on October 18th, 1956. So she didn't get out of Independence, is what you're saying. Well, I also want to point out, I actually do know where, this is in Kansas, right? Missouri. Missouri. Oh. Kansas City, Missouri, which always throws me there's off. A Kansas, there's, there's a Kansas, Kansas and a Kansas yeah. City, Missouri. But there's also an independent Kansas, and that's why I was asking, because I know where independent Kansas, Kansas is. It is Independence. Which is the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same. <laughs> I meant that's what I meant. They might be bookends to the two states. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. Whatever. So her marriage license identified her as sixteen year the sixteen year old as eighteen mm-hmm. and as being a widow. So this is illegal. What? And oh, like she'd already Just been like, married before that. Yeah. Okay. And weird. Rose, right? stop marrying sixteen year olds. I know. Okay. Anyway, do you have to get your parents? Yeah, I Maybe. think that's probably why. Yeah, no, no, you mm-hmm. have to you do. Your parents, um, if you're getting married, I was saying under... in the sixties though. My aunt was married um, when she was, I think, nineteen. I mean, granted, it was El Salvador, but she had to have my grandfather's from permission. What I remember in the sixties, I don't know when the age of consent, legality, yeah, um, but well. like. Texas has changed recently, and it was 16, so it wouldn't surprise me if 16 was... Yeah, it was 16. For like, in that state back then. So I'm just saying. In high school, it was 16. It is the 50s. So. Yeah, or whatever. So I said 60s, sorry. <laughs> she just told people that she had been married when she was living in Washington to a man that later died in a car accident. Obviously, mm. like, lies, lies, lies. Okay. And the new couple had a formal wedding the next year in the salt lake temple salt lake city utah and after she had completed the process of converting to mormonism okay Uh uh-huh now she's out of buy coffee so after Mm -hmm. the wedding the couple returned to provo utah where kine uh, had been attending college and that's where byu is okay yeah uh Sidebar, okay, there was this dude that went to my international high school that was, like, absolutely excellent at playing volleyball, and he got a full-ride scholarship to play volleyball at BYU, Uh and I just, it's hilarious to imagine this, like, wild party dude (laughs) going to I mean, you don't have to be more... Yeah, you don't. No, but... I know, I know, I know. The school culture is... Or conservative. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's just like going to Baylor. No, there is actually a worse conservative college out there. I know. I only meant like with Baylor, like you have to go to service and stuff. Oh well, I mean, I know there's, I know of a conservative, a more conservative place than BYU. It's in South Carolina. Is it? There are for sure ones. It's called Bob Jones University, BJU. Well, yeah, there's, there's stuff. I always think of Gilmore Girls. Like Lane, like her mom wanted her to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, to like, like first, those, yeah, Seventh Day Adventist Bible yeah. College. Yeah, there's a lot out Where, there. Like you can't communicate with those people of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. No, but at Bob <laughs> at Bob Jones, they still have a rule where you can't be in a group of twos, or so any act like any two. So you can't be be in a group of so four. This is or not six. allowed. 
Huh. No, this Three is allowed. You can't out. be two by yourself. You can't be two by oh. yourself. People hang out, and then there is. <laughs> they used to have a path where it was girls on one side, guys on one side. Like you couldn't be in the same path. <laughs> and so then if you was... go on a date, you have to. You have to have people? a. <laughs> well, you have to tell anybody. What do they call them? Yeah, you uh, have to. You have to have uh, a chaperone with you. Chaperone. Even though. Oh my god! Yeah. I this wouldn't be school... telling people that I'm going. This is a school in South what Carolina. If they see you, then how would you have to? Um, it's a very small. Together? It's a very small city, so like obviously, like it's a college town. So Drive away. This it's 2018. Anyway, whatever. You okay. should be surprised. Whatever. They're in. Provo. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven pages. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're in Provo, Utah, and um, at the end. Of the fall semester, Kine, her husband, had put his studies on hold. So, Kine and his wife returned, Sharon, returned okay. to Independence, where they both took jobs. She started babysitting and, like, tending shops. They're just, like, working in a little shop. And James became an electrical engineer at um, a Bendix Aviation. Are you familiar? No. I'm probably busted wait what is it called bendix b-e bend i-x and um sharon claimed to have miscarried the child that uh had brought the cause of their marriage but she soon became pregnant again and then in 1957 she gave birth to a baby named dana cool so sharon was a free spender who expected the finer things in life, but on kind salary, they lived in a rented home right next to his parents and then, like, in a ranch-style home. Wow. I accidentally copied the address. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the address? No, I'm kidding. 17 no, 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 zero no, 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 no. I no, found no, it no. off of a website. I know, but people probably still live there. Yeah, let's <laughs> not. Let's not. Stop, stop, stop. okay. Also, um... <laughs> Also, Bendix uh, Aerospace is actually owned by Honeywell, so no. Oh, I... Honeywell. Mm-hmm. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pant company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kine would work the night shift, and then his wife would fill her days with shopping, and then started cheating on him, <laughs> um, which is hilarious, because the way that they put it, like, when I was reading it, I was like, they, she filled her days with shopping, and then eventually filled herself with men. <laughs> filled herself? <laughs> no, filled her days with men. But... <laughs> But also filling. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so she does. She is pregnant. Uh, she's still pregnant. She already had a baby. She, oh, she gave birth to Dana. Okay. Spelled Dana? like Donna with an A. Oh. Dana. It could be Dana, but there's Dana. Dana. I don't know. D A. How to spell it? D A N N A. Oh. It could be Dana. Or Dana. Dana. I don't know. Go Dana. Okay, Who guys. Knows? We got twelve. We have eleven pages. <laughs> yeah. We're halfway through the first one. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> so she was having an affair. Oh my god. So by the time they had a their second child and she was having an affair with one of her friends from high school named John Bull Boldis. Boldice. Okay. How um, do we know that baby's his is not isn't his then? Skirt. <laughs> by <laughs> nineteen by early 1960, James Kine was contemplating divorce, um, mostly because of his wife's spending habits, and uh, he was also strongly suspecting that she was unfaithful to him, uh-huh. yeah. which 
he You're was right, right, dude. So he talked to his parents about uh, the possibility of divorce on 1960, March 18th, telling them that Sharon had agreed to give him a divorce if he allowed her to keep the house and the daughter and paid her $1,000. But just, just or every month? Just, I okay. guess. Yeah. I bar, mean, a thousand, bar is low. I was going to say, a thousand back then <laughs> bar might, is low. might have been okay. And, okay, so the his parents, the elder kinds, as I had put here, uh, being devout Mormons, yeah. had, were, like, pleading him to stay in his marriage. Yes, yeah, they're, yeah. like, a divorce thing. No, more, it's, like, even more faith? conservative than, like, Catholicism. No, so that's what I'm saying. Is there, like, like a is there a way to divorce? Yeah. Uh, barely. I think you have to, like, leave the faith. So, I, I'm no expert yeah. in Mormonism. But that's all I know. And Sharon uh, was trying to get away out of the marriage. And when they asked John Boldice, the guy that she was sleeping with, she once offered him $1,000 to kill her husband (gasps) or find someone that would. But he later claimed that she may have been joking. Okay. Uh Because people joke about that all the time, right? (laughs) Like Jennifer jokes about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So... 1960, March 19th, the day after he talked to his parents, right? So, Sharon Kine, at around 4.30 p.m., heard a gunshot in the direction of which, the bedroom where her husband was sleeping. When she entered the room, she found a -a two-and-a-half-year-old Dana on the bed next to her father. Dana, Dana, I'm just going to stick with Dana. Dana was holding one of her husband's guns. What? What? Mm-hmm. No. And James was bleeding from an apparent shotgun wound from the head. <gasps> yeah, the Sharon called the police and James was dead by the time the ambulance had arrived to the hospital. The police were unable to recover any fingerprints on the well-oiled grip of the pistol, which I don't know if having a oiled grip of a pistol is proper maintenance or anything like that or is it just like you were eating fried chicken and then grabbed a pistol and that's why it was oily Uh it's probably maintenance (laughs) um and they did a paraffin test for gunshot residue that was not performed on either the baby or sharon oh multiple people um including family members and neighbors told the police that james had not often allowed dana to play with guns and in a what test- had not often <laughs> wait I'm, I'm sorry you were letting her play with a yeah. gun i mean like <laughs> okay i'm sorry whatever okay <laughs> and yeah and um so in a test by investigating officers dana proved able to pull the trigger on the gun matching one that killed her father so, like, it is possible. Uh, sure, it's possible. But with no evidence to the contrary, investigators ruled the case of accidental homicide. Okay. Cool. So, the pistol that killed James was taken into police custody and never returned to the widow, despite her efforts trying to reclaim the pistol. Why would you want to reclaim hmm. the pistol that murdered your husband? Because they're expensive? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no concept. I don't really mean. I have no concept of how much a gun much costs. So, I know she is doing it. So why is she? Well, yeah, I told y'all, but she's a lady killer. (laughs) Lady killers. Um. So the oh, she later 
had a male friend secretly buy her a 22 caliber automatic pistol and her okay. friend told her that he had registered the gun in her name she requested that he re-register it in under a name that is not hers okay. the investigation was closed on james kind's death he was buried bur- buried whatever and his wife collected his life insurance policies which oh. were $29,000 1950s don't know how much that is he had life insurance did yeah but i don't think that's like the main motive cool I mean, it's still nice to have some life insurance. <laughs> okay so patricia jones was born patricia clemens she was one of six children born to mr and mr elmer clemens of st joseph missouri she after graduating high school, married a Walter T. Jones, her high school like sweetheart, just and Walter enlisted in the Marines shortly after their marriage, and they relocated to the West Coast while he served. After his discharge from the military, they returned to the Midwest and settled in Independence. You're probably wondering why I was talking about a completely random person. Yeah. Independence, what? Missouri. Hey now. <laughs> and by nineteen sixty Almost five years into their marriage, uh, Patricia was working for the IRS and her husband was selling cars. Cool. Despite their marriage and children, Walter Jones reportedly had a wandering eye. Oh, did he? On April 18th, he met Sharon Kine (gasps) when she bought a Ford Thunderbird from his dealership. I love Thunderbirds. Anyway. Using some of the insurance payout from her husband's death. And the two began a... An affair. An affair. An affair. So Kine was looking at him as like a prospect for a second husband. And was Jones was uninterested in leaving his wife despite the rockiness of the relationship. Who don't need to get married yeah. ever. And yeah. this chick is one of them. Anyway, sorry. She like, that's her soul. Sights mm-hmm. are set on marriage. Mm-hmm. That's what she wants. There's just some... And people, people out there that see that as their like I know. purpose in Soul, life. Yeah, I was just saying. So he declined to go on a trip to Washington with her in May, and um, so kind went with their brother, and <laughs> the couple like reunited in May twenty fifth, and the relationship was like super rocky because kind told Jones that she was pregnant. And that he was the father oh of the baby. God. Doing it all this over seems again. seems to be how right? she... It's a habit. It's her... So... That's her... It's her net. Yeah. Jones, instead of responding with what kind expected to be an agreement, like, saying, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll of course, I'll, wife, do, I'll leave get... my wife, let's get married. He ended the affair. Oh. Right? Yeah. Well, That's I mean... not the response she wanted. You're dead. Mm-hmm. You're dead. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> So, uh, he ended the affair, did not leave his wife. Cool. So, later, according to Kine's testimony, on the afternoon of May 26th, the, na- the next day, mm-hmm. um, she contacted Patricia Jones, his wife, mm-hmm. at, <gasps> Balls um, and told her that Walter was having an affair with Kine's sister. Uh, oh my god what a bitch Kine then met Patricia Jones that evening to discuss the matter further before dropping her off at the Jones house Jones never made it to her house that evening of course she didn't she died 
And Why though? Walter Jones filed a missing persons report the next day and began calling people he thought that might have seen his wife. She had nothing to do with it. Yeah, but she's in the place of where I mean, she's a murderer. Yeah. I don't need to. She's a psychopath. Yeah. She's just trying to get everything out of the way, I guess. Yeah, she wants know. Jones to be her baby daddy. Well, he's about to die, so I'm just guessing. Well, <laughs> he, so. Um, well, if he doesn't die, I'm going to be pissed. Okay. He got a lead when he spoke to friends of Patricia who called pooled to work with her and then friends told Jones that Patricia had reported receiving that phone. Basically he like figured out that um, who she talked to. Yeah. The, or that she had talked to No, he did he talked to someone, someone that she'd left with someone and it was an unknown woman to uh... them because yeah. Okay, so suspicious of the identity of the unknown woman based on the carpooler's general description. Walter called Sharon Kine and asked if he had seen or spoke to his wife. Kine allowed, or she said that she had indeed seen Patricia that day and she had met up with her to tell her about the affair. So according to Kine, she last saw Patricia when she dropped her off near the Jones house, speaking to an unknown man in a green 1957 Ford. <laughs> based on, um, so based on all this information, Walter met with her later Friday evening and insisted like please give me more details about mm-hmm. where my wife is. He later admitted to going as far as to hold a key to her throat threateningly <gasps> okay. to Kine. And Kine's response was to call John Boldice to ask him for help to search for Patricia Jones. <laughs> this dude, this this, this woman. I, I mean, I'm talking about the one dude she keeps talking she about. She keeps talking Walter about... Jones? No, no uh, old eyes. Bo- yeah, I know. He keeps on coming up. Like, bro, let's let's end your friendship with her. Okay. Do not stick your dick in crazy. So, um, <laughs> bef- shortly before midnight and, like, within hours of the conversation with Jones, she and Boldice found the body of a woman in a secluded area oh, approximately... Oh, they found the body? Interesting. Approximately wow, one mile outside of Independence. According to Boldice, he had been the one to suggest searching the area, which <laughs> they... Okay. Of course So he's he the was. one that was said that, and then um, this is where they had gone on dates before. Okay. The body, dressed in a black sweater and a yellow skirt, was soon identified as Patricia Jones. She had been hit with four shots from a twenty-two caliber oh, pistol. Really? Huh. Weird. And although the fatal wound was shot to her head, nearing her mouth at an upward trajectory, um, she also had bullet wounds in her abdomen and two penetrating gunshot wounds to her shoulders on a downward trajectory. Uh. Interesting. And there are pattern burns on her hemline of her skirt, which was raised to her waist, indicated that the gun had been fired from close range at least once. Yeah. And um, they said that her her death, time of death was 9 p.m., May 27th. She was buried May 31st. Cool. So... Arrest and investigation. I hope. <laughs> Investigators immediately began town. to question Sharon Kine and James Boldice and Walter Jones. All three were questioned May 28th. Jones and Boldice both gave, gave written statements admitting that they had been dating Sharon Kine and they both agreed to lie detector tests. And Kine gave a oral statement to the police but declined to submit to a written one or a 
lie detector test. Wonder oh, why. Not that we, not that like it matters. But yeah. yeah, but so she was questioned on the May of, on the morning of May thirtieth. On and the May of morning thirtieth. See. Okay. And bold eyes on May thirty first, and they had polygraphs that were done on June first. Both men were deemed to be truthful in their statements, which we all know is a bunk science. Kind's brother, Eugene, was also questioned, but he declined to answer questions. Wonder why. Weird. Um, police questioned the potential suspects and witnesses, um, or questioned other potential suspects and witnesses, and there were investigations that were still processing the crime scene at this time. They kept on trying to find the bullet that passed through Jen's body and the murder weapon. They weren't going to find it there. Um, they, like, sifted the dirt at the crime scene for bullets. And <laughs> they deployed a troop of Boy Scouts to search for no, the gun. What? I know. Who the freak does? Okay. Yeah, you're going to get your... poor kids. You're going to get your murder badge today. <laughs> you're you're finding me a bullet. You're going to get a police... Contaminating evidence badge. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. I bet precious, those kids were kind of excited point. though. They yeah. probably were. Do you remember Bob Farmer? He and wasn't those, excited. Well, his friends were. Yeah. <laughs> so they eventually found a twenty-two caliber rifle slug, which I never knew that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was buried in the ground where Jen's body had been found, and buried wow. evidence that. At least some of her wounds had been sustained in the place that her body was found. Oh. Okay. Fun. And um, investigators went as far as to drag the bottom of nearby bodies of water. The gun that had shot Jones could not be found. Mm-hmm. Searched everywhere. And buildings near Jones' body had been located were also searched for blood. Wow, sorry. Blood and gunshot mm-hmm. evidence. And um, I thought you were gonna say blood and guts. Yeah. <laughs> Gruel. <laughs> and Jones had been attacked elsewhere and transported outside. So they searched all the buildings, didn't see any. A powdery white substance found in Jones' hair was initially believed to be the trace evidence of some of the crime scene area, an idea which searched the buildings but they later Found out that it was eggs. Fly oh. eggs, sorry. No, oh, eggs in her hair because oh. she was baking. Eggs of flies. There we go. Oh! oh. Gross, right? But um. that, that's a decaying body. Yeah. Normal Blech. stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, Kine was arrested at her home for the murder around 11 p.m. on May 31st. Wow. The same night of Patricia's the funeral. funeral, yeah. The same day, the Jackson County Sheriff requested prosecutors to consider a second charge of murder. This one for the death of James Kine. Whoa. Fun, right? <laughs> so, Kine had two lawyers, Alex Peebles, Peebles and Martha Sperry Hickman. A woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1950s Missouri, like go oh, girl. Go. She must have had a rough time. She, yeah, and nope. they filed a writ of habeas corpus uh, with the court the next morning. And hearing that afternoon resulted in her release on a twenty thousand dollar bond while she awaited the preliminary hearings that were 
scheduled later in June. We didn't think she, she was going to be. I was just say, yeah, she's a flight risk. Why would you get her on bond? So why am I like? Why do I know everything that's going to happen with this? Because <laughs> this is like the move, the plot line for almost. But she, Monica, I know how she is. She wouldn't have picked this if it wasn't nuts. Fucking nuts. So yeah. okay, keep she's going. already said that like twenty times. Yeah. She told well, us we already know that she has a nickname in Mexico. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm just a big old fucking tease. Yeah. So the police were able to rule out that the 22 caliber pistol that had killed Kind's husband was okay. So the pistol that killed Kind's husband was not the murder weapon. Yeah, they still had the murder. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. So then the gun that was because, because they, the gun was still in the possession yeah, of the sheriff's so the office. Sheriff, yeah. And the man who had worked with Kind admitted to have secretly purchased a new 22 caliber pistol. So John. Yes. Right. Okay. But the police are now discovering all of yes. this. So the police were able to locate that specific gun in question when they searched Kine's house. Though they did, or they weren't unable, sorry, could not find the gun. They did find an empty box that they believed once held the gun. Okay. And Kine claimed that she lost the gun when she was on a trip to Washington. With but then brother. said... The gun just simply disappeared. Oh, my. Okay. Say gun one more time. Gun. gun. Walter Jones is taken into custody on June 2nd as a material witness to the case. What? But then was also freed the same day at a $2,000 bond. We're almost halfway through. The initial autopsy performed on Patricia Jones was criticized by police and prosecutors who felt that the recovery of the bullets and the testing of stomach contents should have been done. No shit, really? Well, duh. Dr. Hugh Owens, who had performed the autopsy, argued that he had recovered one of the presumed three bullets present in the body, and because the body had been prepared by an undertaker prior to autopsy, any chemical tests on stomach contents would have been useless. God damn it. So, Owens... How the hell did this all happen? (laughs) Bad, bad it just does. Owens did ask, did add, sorry, when asked that he had not seen any food in the autopsy or in the stomach at the autopsy. Wow. But that Words. doesn't mean anything if it's already been prepared. <sighs> okay. Skirt. <laughs> well, I guess, so if she had gone missing and left work on the 26th and then they said that we thought she died on the evening of the 27th. Yeah, I maybe it. like yeah. she had a burger from Canada and then just came back. I don't know. Just I know they I get, get add to the story. <laughs> yeah, she had this special truffle risotto that you can only get in this one specific place. Mm-hmm. And okay, Kine has never been there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the body was exhumed to collect bullets that had been left behind at the original autopsy, in addition to gather samples of the tissue and stomach contents whenever possible. Okay, so Kine's arraignment was scheduled on July 11th, which resulted in a denial of bail. And, er, but the Kansas City Court of Appeals struck down the rulings days later, Based off of the reliance of circumstan- uh-huh. wow, circumstantial evidence. Who is she fucking to get all this, like... <laughs> I mean, it's hard... In, it's, it's, it's today hard to believe when women murder people. So, like, I can't even imagine that. Then. then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But, like, 
damn, all these, she's just getting lucky as hell. So she was freed on $24,000 bond, which in 2013 dollars was $188,976. Shit. In 2018 dollars would be more. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I did not do the math. (laughs) I know you didn't. (laughs) After the trial in her due date, because she had an advanced pregnancy, or they delayed the trial because she was, like, super pregnant. Mm. <laughs> she gave birth to another baby named Maria Christine what on happened? January 1961. So what's going on with her babies? She doing all this? So the trials. What? We're in the trials now. Okay. okay. Um, she was charged with both the murders of Patricia Jones and James Kind, Sharon. Though she was charged with both, she was tried separately for each of the two crimes. Yes. The trial for the murder of Patricia Jones began in mid-June 1961, so they did it quite quickly, with a jury selection beginning about June 13th, and the trial commencing days later with an all-male jury. Mm, well, that's back then, that's when they still had that. The... Basic, Opening, yeah. Basically, this could have happened all on my birthday. June uh-huh. 17th, June 13th. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Interesting. Death. Cool. Death. Murder. Opening arguments by both the prosecution and the defense set up cases that, based on the purported times of death, and they asserted that the pathological given testimony that Jones had died six hours after she ate lunch on the 26th. Prosecution claimed that Jones had died more than 24 hours before Kine and Bolts had found their bodies. So they were like, yes, fighting the timeline. And defense attorneys argued that the death was more likely to occur, well, occur six to eight hours prior. Okay. Do with that what you will. So the prosecutor cited that the chief of detectives, Lieutenant Harry Nesbitt, um, and that, okay, so the prosecutor cited the chief of chief of detectives testimony and walter's testimony that she had a motive for the crime not testimony that with walter she had a motive for the crime okay but didn't with what no it just they were saying sorry sorry the the motive i'm a lawyer i'm saying that the chief of detective said that because he was having an affair with this woman there was motive okay yeah Sorry, that was just like no, incredibly fine. convoluted and lawyery. So, <laughs> Jones testified that Kine had told him that she was pregnant by him and that he had thereafter attempted to end the relationship. Motivo. Uh-huh. Yep. Cool. So, the prosecution, prosecution was unable to firmly establish that Kine owned or had once owned the weapon that killed Jones, um, even though that both... The murder bullets, I guess, murder weapon were twenty-two caliber bullets. Even though that's like what she owned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Roy Thrush, a man that had sold the pistol to Kind's co-worker, had led police to a tree that contained what he claimed to be the bullets he had fired from that pistol. Oh. However, when the bullets were extracted from the tree t- trunk. Tests showed that the extracted bullets were not identifiable as having come from the weapon that killed Jones. Oh. So the prosecution rested their case on June 21st after calling 27 witnesses. 
Whoa. Nuts, right? Kine's defense, which took less than two days and involved 14 witnesses other than Kine, who did not testify, focused on breaking down the state's claim, motives, and means, lawyer talk, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> that Kine had no reason to kill Jones and that the 22 caliber pistol that she had alleged to have owned had not been proven to be the murder weapon. Could it be me? Mm-hmm. And, okay, so after the slight... Um, one and a half hours of deliberation, the jury cited, there's just too many loopholes, <gasps> left in the prosecution's case and found Kai not guilty. Whoa. I am surprised. So but, surprised. Which, like, that means she can never go back to Double being on Jeopardy. trial. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, sorry. That's, if you don't know, Isabel, don't that's know. what that's called. You can't that. you can't be tried again for the same crime without new evidence. I don't even think I don't know. Well, I don't know. That yeah. was dumb of them. They put all their bags yeah. eggs into one that's fucking why basket. They sometimes wait to That's why they're so long sometimes between That makes trials. sense. Yeah, cuz they're like we have to get this right or we have that's our last chance. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And like with um OJ Simpson, he was Yeah. Uh what is it? Innocent? So they could never try him again, but then the family ended up trying him in civil so court cool. because they couldn't do it. They're like, we civil, know you did Civil it. court yeah. has different um, laws and expectations than normal. Okay. So she um, was, uh, oh my God. Okay, so immediately after the delivery of the verdict, juror asked Kine for an autograph, which she was photographed giving to him. No. That should have what? just thrown out the case. What the fuck? And then Kine was sent back to jail for the same day to wait trial the for other, the murder the of her husband. One. Yeah. So, despite the acquittal of her case in Patricia Jones, she was still under charges for the murder of her husband. Jury selection began in 1962. Okay. And the district attorney said that he did not intend to pursue the death penalty on this case. Okay. What? Okay. Skirt. And you keep doing that. Yeah. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Okay. I don't either. We don't have time to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep going. We're nearly done. Uh, so the case, the prosecution's case, was largely based off of the contention that Kine had been so interested in seeing her husband uh, removed that she... Wait. Had interested in seeing her husband removed that she was willing to pay for his murder. Oh. Yeah. So she just... I get the term. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotta remove the roadblock. I'm I'm screaming at how we both pick people who, like, hired people to kill people. Did they? Oh, I mean, you know what I'm saying. She did Like, that is a part of the case. But, yeah. Did they? So, uh, supported... John Boldeis, our old friend, he was a nominal witness for the prosecution. They weakened his testimony by claiming that Kynes offered to pay him $1,000 in return for Kynes' murder. Could have been a joke, which then her attorney attacked the witness's credibility because it's like, that could have just been a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good tactic. From that, I mean, prosecution. Yeah. Plus, that wasn't what the actual her and the story or the story ended up being like the daughter shooting the gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had nothing to do with like some random person coming into their yeah. Home no, exactly. Like yours. Yeah. yeah. So the prosecution 
continued. That's what I'm saying, it's a good tactic. Yeah. So the prosecution continued by alleging that Kine's marriage had been on the verge of dissolution and that her adultery had been a cause of this and that Sharon had known that she would collect her husband's life insurance only if she was still his wife. Right. The defense, led by Martha Hickman and James Patrick Quinn, focused on the circumstantial quality of the prosecution's evidence. Mm-hmm. Circumstantial. Yeah. 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 So, noting that the prior police investigation had determined that James Kind to be death to be obviously accidental, and that the jury <laughs> uh-huh. was obligated to assume innocence on the defendant's part, no matter how unpleasant they found her moral character to be. Which... Fair. Sure. It is fair. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you shouldn't be bringing that into... You can be an adulterer doesn't yeah. mean you're a murderer. Yeah, right? exactly. You can't be bringing that type of shit into the court no. anyways. Because you're what supposed you to be... I mean, like, you you're not supposed, you as happens, It happens, but, but like, as a, as a juror, you're not supposed to be... Like, you can't use any of the knowledge other than what's said in the courtroom. So, like, them... Basically, her saying that, like, just because she is cheating, that's just a separate subject than kind being murdered but they did bring it in yeah i mean yes they like brought it into the no yeah i know but then they were like but then obviously they're like don't her lawyers are saying that's not relevant relevant and i gotcha yeah so they also or they further attacked john bulldye's testimony by calling him poor and mixed up and that he would or he was a poor mixed up kid that was signing anything okay wow um, and I'm sure he was really happy kind's attorneys <laughs> also presented testimony from the witnesses supporting the viability of the theory that dana kind had shot her father and included statements dana dana sorry baby i mixed yeah. up sharon and yeah, yeah i was like what Another? How did I miss this? <laughs> Not no. no. Yeah, but the baby <laughs> shot her father by accident, Obvi. And could this be a killer kids one? <laughs> no. And statements that the gun had regularly been left within Dana's reach at the home, and that she was able to pull triggers on toy guns, and knowing that they those that, don't have an impact. But they did that test, and that she was yeah. able to do it on a real gun. Um. And Dana had often been observed pretending to fire guns in play. Okay. So, let's get the benefit of the job, right? Yeah, yeah, she knew how to possibly, not on purpose. These are incredibly but... good lawyers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. seriously. They, seriously. Have... they got their money's worth. They, she <laughs> got her money's money. worth. Yeah. The trial ended in a conviction on January 11th. Oh. After five and a half hours of deliberation, wow. so oh. she got arrested. Or, yeah, in this in April, she was formally sentenced to life in prison. Wow! And she served her sentence at the Missouri Reformatory for Women. Okay. Quote. Later interviews with jurors from the trial revealed that three or four ballots had been taken before guilty verdict <gasps> was reached. <gasps> no. Mistrial. Oh, fuck. No? No? No, that just means, like, oh, it took, I, I was like, like, it was, like, because everyone has to, has to say, say yeah. I, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, that, that means she gets to get out. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Me like, too. back to the, um, 
OJ Simpson trial. Yeah, I know. You know how, like, they did yeah. that preliminary thing, and it's, like, that one woman that says guilty, but everyone... It's, like, split and split. Right. So you have to be 100% one yes, way or yes, the other. Yes, So it's, like, yeah, it I took gotcha. four yeah. or five times and five hours of, yeah. like... So the jury had been solidly divided and moved progressively towards the unanimity. Unanimity. Yeah, fuck words. <laughs> And one juror told the Kansas City Star that Kine's morals had not been considered an issue by the jury and that she had thought no juror had been aware of Kine's previously been trying for murder. They can't. Yeah, you don't don't know that shit. They had to keep him in a bubble. And despite the verdict, James Kine's family continued to believe the best in their daughter-in-law. Telling reporters on the day of the verdict, we can't find it in our hearts to say anything bad about her. And we still don't feel that she committed murder. Kine told the reporters herself that she felt the verdict was a mistake and that she regretted the previous enthusiasm for having a woman on the jury. Wow. The next week, Kine's lawyers requested that she be released on bond, supported by a community petition signed by 132 supporters of her innocence. And then she like... How is that a thing? I don't know. The motion was denied on the basis of first-degree murder not being a bailable offense. So, the motion was denied on the basis of first-degree murder not being a bailable offense. The presiding judge... Also counseled Kine's lawyers that he felt that their involvement in such a petition at the time when a motion for a bond was considered was highly improper. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that, but whatever. It's out there. And a subsequent defense motion requested that Kine's conviction be vacated because the jury had delivered its verdict based on surmise and speculation rather than substantial evidence. Which is... Whatever. I won't have an opinion on uh-huh. that one. <laughs> the motion also listed a series of procedural errors that Kine's counsel alleged to have taken place before and after the trial, including jurors taking incomplete notes. <laughs> okay. It's You're a like bad you, note taker. Sorry. It's not like you can take those notes into the jury room, though, anyways. I mean, maybe back then you could. I mean, just, well, from my experience now, you can't, so... Um, so the attorneys on both sides of the case disputed John Boldice's testimony. So that's one more that they were trying to do. And an incorrect number of potential er jurors being provided for the selection. The motion was denied, again, April 1962 and appealed to the Missouri, but it was appealed to the Missouri Supreme Court, which March 1963 reversed her conviction and ordered a new trial on the basis of Kine's defense having been denied adequate preemptory oh challenges during jury selection of her new trial. Holy Are shit. you kidding me? See. Kine was denied an opportunity for bail in May 1963. The ruling was overturned in July. And Kine was released on $25,000 oh bond. Posted so she by leaves her brother. His, leaves his. <laughs> I'm tired. Okay. The state requested that the Missouri Supreme Court reconsider its position on Kine's conviction, and the hearing that resulted. Um, so the new trial was on the basis that the prosecutor had been allowed to cross-examine a prosecution witness. Okay. 
A second request for a rehearing on the validity of Kine's conviction was denied by the Missouri Supreme Court. Kine and her children moved in with her mother and awaited the start of the trial because she was out. She was out. Oh. Out. Yeah. Okay. So, second trial for James Kine. Kine's second trial for the murder <laughs> of James began in 1964. The jury selection got underway that day of March 23rd. The public was initially barred from the proceedings, but the restrictions were eventually loosened and some media media was allowed in the courtroom. And an unusually long jury selection process made the first day last 14 hours, beginning at 9 a.m. and not ending until nearly midnight. No. I would kill somebody. The judge, Paul Carver, noted that due to the notoriety of the case, he had been forced to choose between sequestering the entire jury pool overnight and forcing court into a long day. I think that's the best decision, though. You don't, because you don't want outside knowledge to get into the... Mm -hmm. Can you imagine sequestering a hundred people? And I don't know, like, who does the hotel costs or, like, what the logistics behind all of that would be, but whatever. So the eventual jury, all men, were immediately sequestered. But days later, a mistrial was declared (laughs) after it emerged that a law partner of the prosecutor, Lawrence Getford, had once been retained by one of the jurors. (laughs) Y'all. Jesus Christ. Can you get this trial correct for once? Jeez. The third trial of James Kind. No! <laughs> I feel bad for James. He did. Yeah. I know. It's like he just like, Let please stop talking rest. about me. LOL. The like sound. <laughs> okay, so Kind's third trial for murder was originally originally scheduled to begin in early June 1964. You're saying originally. I don't like that word. You're saying it was supposed to be. Oh, I thought you're, I was like, what other word do you want me to use? <laughs> I'm just, I know what you're about to say. At first, so. it was scheduled. Yeah. Okay. Scheduled. Instead, on June 29th, the assistant prosecutor no. declared at jury selection that he intended to death qualify the jury. What? A process in which <laughs> the prosecutor preemptively challenges any juror who automatically opposes the death penalty hmm. oh because they're now looking to now they're like fuck this fuck bitch. this you were going to go for death well yeah so jury selection once again took more than 12 hours in one day john Boldy's testimony at this trial remained contradictory as to whether he believed kind's offer had been intended seriously but at this time he added that after james kind's death Sharon Kine asked that Bull Dyes not tell the test authorities about the $1,000 offer for the offer for the death of her husband. Okay, how many times have you heard his freaking testimony? To God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm He's like, like probably super over it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt bad for him the first time. Now I'm like, oh my God. So, oh my God. a new witness... A female acquaintance of kind. Why? After three trials, you're going to come in? New witness? God. The, the second trial never happened, though. Not really. Yeah. It <laughs> was a real trial. Whatever. Okay, so a new witness, a female acquaintance of kind, testified that kind had once joked that women should get rid of the woman's old man like kind did. 
Oh, shit. Okay, lady. So, stop bragging about murdering Sarah, your husband. Get rid of your old man like I did. Yeah. Okay. Dumb. Okay. <laughs> okay. But Just, if you're going to kill someone, don't talk about it. Yeah. That's how you. Ever. Dum, dum, yeah. dum. No, that's how you get. I mean, that's just one of the many ways you get caught. The things we've don't. learned in today's lesson were... Hey, guys, if you tell the kill truth. somebody... <laughs> don't talk about murder. Yeah. Don't tell the truth unless it talks about murder. Just don't mention it. Cool. <laughs> it's not a lie if you never say it. Okay, but the defense... Exactly! This has been Morals Corner. <laughs> sort of. Wait. <laughs> no, it's not been Morals Corner. That's been Advice Corner for people who want to get murder people. What? Just everybody. Okay. Okay. Murdering advice for murderers. (laughs) By murdery. Fine. Let's get back to it. So this new female witness, cross-examination on her, highlighted inconsistencies between the testimony and similar quote from the woman had offered at a previous deposition, my lord. Deposition. (laughs) The... I did it again. I can't. For the first time at any of her trials... Klein took the stand on the last day to issue a categorical denial of all charges. The all-male jury deadlocked 7 to 5 in favor for acquittal to the trial, resulting in another mistrial. Yeah. Yeah. Mother yeah. Trucking Trucker. That was the name of one of my... Um, Mother Trucking Trucker? Yes. Computer science. Yeah, it was. Situations. Yeah. yeah. I remember it. Okay, keep going. Because it wasn't working. And she's like, well, what did you name it? I'm like, oh, I know. Mother Trucker? <laughs> was it the truck one? Yeah. 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 I remember it because I remember her coming in afterwards. Or Monica coming in afterwards being like, I had to tell her what the uh, name, name was. Yeah, and I was just like, Cool. I bet she thought it was funny. No, she, she totally did. She yeah. liked me. She liked all of us. We were Plano friends. Whatever. So, um, a fourth trial in the death of James Kine was scheduled for October 1964. Poor James. However, in September 1964, Kine, still free on her 2000... Wow, sorry. $25,000 bond, traveled to Mexico with an alleged lava. Well, are you allowed at to do least that? she finally left. Because I don't think Jesus you are. Christ. No, you're not. <laughs> she should have hightailed it out of left there a while ago. Yeah, like, why do you just leave? Like, stop Ugh. with the trials. Just go. <sighs> so, she left with her alleged lover, <laughs> Francis Samuel Puglis, which is Jesus. spelled like pug which is funny. Oh, my God. Um, leaving her children with her uh, father-in-law, she or I guess her father-in-law, though, and so. traveling as Puglis' wife. Under the name of Jeanette Puglis. The couple later said that they had come to Mexico to get married. Under the legal terms of her bail, she was permitted to leave the country. Oh, but no. her contract with the company that had posted her bond prohibited her yeah, from leaving Missouri. That's usually why you can't. I think, I think, the, I think a lot of um, bails are different now. Like, you usually can't because if there's a trial pending, you yeah. have to stay in the area. Um, but... Probably back then it was different, but the people who post the bond need you to be close by so they can get their money. Like, it has nothing to do with you. It's the valid, like the validity of them being able to get their money. So, anyway. After crossing the border, the couple registered at a local hotel, Hotel Jin. 
as husband and wife. Kind said that she felt unsafe in the foreign country and bought a pistol, which now meant that the couple now possessed multiple guns, <laughs> having brought because they brought one or two from the United States. Oh my God! Mm. On the night of September eighteenth, nineteen sixty-four. Kind left the hotel without Puglies, either to acquire money because the couple was running low, or to get medicines that she required. Hmm. Kind encountered Francisco Parides, or Donies, a Mexican-born American citizen at a bar that night, and accompanied him back to her his room. Oh my god, okay. So she's cheating. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> She is like kill- <laughs> she is I mean, hitting all the seven deadly sins. Yeah, oh, she's a lady killer, for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. So according to Kind's account, she went with Ordonez to see photographs he offered to show her. <laughs> I just wanted to see the pretty, pretty pictures he had in his hotel room. Sure. But he soon decided or began to make sexual advances towards her, and she was forced to fire her gun in an attempt to protect herself. Oh, okay. She maintained later that she had no intention of killing or harming him and had only intended to frighten him, but the bullet struck him in the chest and killed him. Clearly, we know she's a good shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Responding to the sound of gunfire, hotel employees and Enrique Martinez Rueda, which means wheel, entered the room, kind fired again and hit the shoulder of him in the sh- in, in the shoulder. And wounded, he fled for the room, locking her inside and called the police. <laughs> Nice. The police, rejecting Kind's story, yay, Mexico, theorized that she had gone out that evening intending to rob, and she had chosen Ordonez as her victim. When he resisted her orders to give her money, police believed that she shot him. Uh Uh-huh. I'm glad they don't believe her. Oh, well. Arrest, investigation, and trial. No! (laughs) Another! (laughs) Another one. Police responding to this. She's basically like, thank you, next. They arrested her <laughs> on the charges of homicide and assault with a deadly weapon. Uh-huh. Well. Kine maintained that she had not intended to harm Ordonez, merely just to frighten him, and that she had fired her weapon at Rueda Hotel employee because she feared that he, too, was coming to attack her. Okay. Wouldn't he be wearing a uniform? Whatever. Police searched her purse, finding a gun with 50 shells. Oh, my God. And then the couple's room at Hotel Gin, and they found two more guns and another supply of shells. Holy shit. Hotel, or sorry, authorities took Francis Pugliese into custody then, too. Good. He deserves it for being Holding murderer. him without Marriott. a charge. <laughs> They're not married. I Yet. And then <laughs> later filing charges that he entered the country illegally and carried an unlicensed shotgun, which, lol, Andre Mexico. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. And the wow, Mexico. <laughs> gun that they found in the couple's room later that night was proven through ballistics to be the same gun that killed Patricia Jones in 1960. Oh, snap. Oh, my God. Stop! <laughs> it's like grating on my ears. I'll, I'll try and hold her back. Anyway. Because Kind had already been acquitted of that crime, she could not be charged again uh, based on the new evidence. Oh, so now we know that you can't do it without new evidence. What? That's bullshit! <sighs> okay. 
Puglis was held at... It was different. So they held him at the Palacio de Le Cumberi. And while Kine was initially placed in a women's prison before being transferred to Le Cumberi for her trial, the couple was arraigned on September 26th and held for trial. In October, Kine's attorney... The same ones? No. Okay. Mexican oh. ones. Right, 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 right. right. Filed um, a thing called a Recurso de Amparo, similar to a writ of habeas corpus like okay. was done previously, asserting that Mexico was yeah. violating Kine's constitutional rights by holding her there for her shooting. United States constitutional rights? She's not in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway. We're saying that they were violating her constitutional rights by okay. holding her for shooting committed in self-defense it was denied don't worry and they were both on trial in the summer of 1965 is she finally put into jail puglies i'm just imagining a pug i know know. (laughs) cleared uh was cleared of all charges against him was deported back to the united states lol deporting back to the united states (laughs) and she was convicted on october 18th yes for the homicide of ordonia bye bitch despite rumors that she would receive probation and be deported like Puglies, Kine instead sentenced to a 10-year prison term for the crimes. When she was officially notified of that sentence that day, she asserted that she would appeal her conviction. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's worked out for her in past. Seriously, 100%. Like, I'm over here like, great. Are you ever going to get thrown into jail? (laughs) Please. Kine was returned to the women's prison to serve her sentence, where she then was nicknamed La Pistolera, the gunfighter. A nickname was, was subsequently adopted by the Mexican press. Hmm. Kine's appeal, rather than overturning her sentence, lengthened it. Yes. Fine. Bite it. Thank God. Mexico got it right. Yeah, they did. Okay. Uh, well, they got some things right. The three-man superior <laughs> they court, got that right. <laughs> which heard her case overturned, one aspect of her conviction, charges of attempted ro- robbery, but upheld her murder conviction and increased her sentence from 10 to 13 years, saying that her original sentence had been too lenient. Fun. Yo! Er, her. <laughs> On December 7th, 1969, Kine was not present for the routine 5 p.m. roll call at no. a prison name that I'm not even going to try. Okay, maybe I will. Ixtapalapan. Ixtapalapan. Ixtapalapan prison where she was serving her sentence no and no her absence was not officially noted until she failed to show up at the no. second roll call later that evening are you freaking kidding me news was of her disappearance was not reported to mexico city police until 2 a.m the next morning inside her job this section is called escape no hee <laughs> So, a Manhattan was then arranged and initially focusing on the northern Mexican states due to the authorities' belief that Kine may have been heading for the last known whereabouts of a former inva- inmate who she had grown close to while they were in prison together. And uh, they also encompassed a company-wide transport hubs and eventually circled it back to Mexico City. Um, American authorities, including the FBI, were also alerted. Because uh, she's still the Mexican... in the U.S. too. Yeah. Yes. And the Mexican authorities believe that Kine may have been attempting to work her way back into America. And right. the FBI noted that it was unlikely because uh, unlikely to have jurisdiction in this case. So they couldn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. So initial police speculation was that Kine had bribed guards to look the other way while she escaped the prison. 
an unusual blackout had been reported at the prison that <laughs> I evening. I swear to God. <laughs> what the fuck? I told you they got one this thing needs right. This to be a movie. This girl it, is so damn... She... Lucky? Or so, I don't even... Uh, there was a list that I later found her on yeah. that was like... Shit, that should be a movie. No, murders... <laughs> Murder, it was either like female murders or murders that should be turned into Netflix series. So, this one for might sure. like very well should be, yeah, for sure. It sure, yes, when it's so I long. It. I want her in a long skirt with like a long pistol. Okay, we need to finish this because I'm about to kill her again. <laughs> You're gonna go find Patricia and kill she her, not Patricia, not Patricia. Oh, Monica, she's not dead. No, 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 this this girl. Whoever this is, Patricia. Sharon. Sharon. No, Patricia is the one who killed her. Patricia is the one who killed her. Yeah. Sharon diddled Patricia's husband. It's okay. Oh, you, that you sucks. Google. No, we when saw. it came up, whatevs. Okay, so, um, so they police thought that she bribed the guards to look the other way. There was a blackout that night. Yeah, of course. And at Approximately at the time of her escape, investigations showed that a door that could have been locked was unsecure. But further questioning of the prison guards and administration showed that an oversight at the prison was generally pretty lax and staffed by fewer guards than it should have been. So, <laughs> could have been on purpose, could have just been administrative error. Sure. News reports at the time reported numerous theories about Klein's escape, including that she had bribed bribed the prison cards that may have enlisted the help of a supposed boyfriend who is a Mexico City policeman and that another theory is that Kine's mother had been involved in the escape plan. Another one was that the Mexican Secret Service had assisted in her, in her escape. And then another one was that uh, Kine may have disguised herself as a man to, to uh, help her escape. More modern theory speculates that the family of Francisco Paredes Ordunez helped her escape and then killed her. Oh, fun, right? So I like that. Theory. I like that. Theory. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like, yeah, we forgive you. No, you die. So an intensive manhunt was short-lived. However, by December 18th, the Mexican Secret Service and the Mexico City District Attorney's Office were both reporting that they were no longer involved in the searching for the escaped prisoner. While the federal district attorney was reporting that the responsibility of the hunt belong to the city, city district attorney. So everyone's either given up or just pointing fingers to the other. So thirsty. The investigators speculated that Kine had already crossed the border from Mexico into Guatemala, mm-hmm. mooting the purpose of... That's 100% copied because I do not... <laughs> mooting the purpose of the Mexican <laughs> manhunt and noted that Kine was fluent in Spanish after her years of being in a Mexican prison. Duh. (laughs) I'm imagining orange is the new black, but like... For sure. Naranja is the new negro. (laughs) For all our Hispanic listeners out there. Why you say new in Spanish? I forgot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize I did that. I was just like... What's the orange? Is the black? Nuevo. Nuevo. Did I say black in it? English you, or Spanish? No, you said black in Spanish. In Spanish, you just said orange is the black. Yeah? Orange is the black. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Just. Okay. Keep going. So, okay, so she could speak Spanish after being in Mexican prison for so long. So they thought that she would get along rather 
get along rather well in another Spanish-speaking area of the world. Well, I mean, whatever. If she goes to another country, they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And Guatemala isn't the best government either, so... Insult Guate one more time. I love Guatemala. Guate. Uh, (laughs) I went there for the summer. Vowing to keep the case open and the investigation running until Kine was back in custody. By the end of 1969, authorities were forced to admit that they had run out of investigative leads to pursue. More than 40 years after her escape, she remains at large in her whereabouts and ultimate fate are unknown. Current status. Kine's arrest and conviction in Mexico had implications of her status um, for her Missouri legal entanglements. Because she was being held in Mexico in October of 1964, the scheduled date of her fourth trial for the murder of her husband, Kine's $25,000 bond, revoked on that date. Though the United States United Bond Insurance Company, which had posted the bond, argued that paperwork irregularities rendered the issuance of Kine's bail illegal, the court ordered that the company forfeit the bond. Kine was reportedly concerned about the monetary implications of this forfeiture. I could always use the money. I don't intend on spending all my life in jail. Okay. Is what she said. So, a $30,000 super sedeus bond, who knows what that is, was issued by the United Bond Insurance Company again, and they continued, oh, sorry, as, at the same time this was issued, the UBIC bond company was disputing the payment of Kine's original $25,000 bond, right? So, this Super Cedeus bond uh, allowed the company to defer the payment of the $25,000 bond until the ruling of the matter was handed down from the Supreme, the Missouri Supreme Court. But when the court upheld the bond's forfeiture, the $25,000 bond was paid by the state of Missouri in October 1965. UBIC, the United Bond Insurance Company, later filed a suit against Kine's family to recover the cost of the bail, lawyer's fees, and the searching for Kine after her escape. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wild. Shortly before her scheduled Missouri trial date, Kine's Missouri counsel filed a motion to change the venue of an eventual fourth trial for the death of James Kine, claiming that new coverage of Kine's cases were so prejudiced had so prejudiced residents of Jackson County that it would be impossible for her to get a fair trial there, which, fine, fair, whatever. Mm-hmm. Kine failed to appear for the murder of her husband. We know, well, obviously. When, sorry, when <laughs> Kine failed to appear for the murder of her husband, a warrant was issued for her arrest in 1964. Okay. It is still outstanding 50 years later, making the the oldest outstanding murder warrant known to exist in the Kansas City area. Kine's status in the Mexican system also remains outstanding, though authorities have pointed out that at the time of her escape, jailbreak was not a crime under Mexican law. Oh my god. And if she was recaptured there, <laughs> she would only have to serve the remaining amount of her outstanding Are you sentence. you fucking kidding me? I don't understand. Okay, Why? it's fine. <laughs> All right, cool. Psychology and motivation. In a segment, I kept myself from doing it, in a segment of the uh, investigation discovery series of deadly women covering the kind case, an episode entitled Born Bad. James Hay, the author of um, so James Hay wrote a book and the title of it was I'm Just an Ordinary Girl, the Sharon Kine story. Too funny. So this man, the author, speculates that Kine committed her first murder for pecuniary gain. 
and hoping for the cash of the life insurance. Yeah. yeah. And then realized that she does she began to derive pleasure from killing at that point. Makes sense. Yeah. The former FBI profiler Candace DeLong, which ugh, dream job, supports this assertion with her theory that Kine is a sociopath. Lacking in remorse or yeah. empathy, yep. Yep. and that. therefore has no compunction about she, killing she to get like, what she yeah, wants. Yeah, my daughter murdered my yeah. husband. No, she obviously doesn't care. So, so uh, I'm just and then repeat. goes to Mexico and tries to murder two people. Four people. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, two. So um, I'm just going to repeat this again: that she had no. Uh, the FBI profiler had theorize that she had no compunction about killing to get what she wanted. She did. Yes. Whether it was life insurance, marriage of her boyfriend, or just cash. Yeah. Yeah. And this idea was echoed by some of those involved in the prosecution of her kind who felt that she was a psychopath born bad and that her solution to a problem was just easier to kill someone. It reminds me of Eileen Warnos, like her motivation. She just was like, I mean, it's a little different. But... I don't know who that is. I don't know. Yeah. What? So you can do it. Okay. I'm sure you could remind me, but like, yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> no. even those who believed in her guilt, Kine had a certain appeal rather than She's just a being... beautiful white woman. Yeah. There it is. So she was rather attractive <laughs> and people grew to like her. Yeah. They, um, the book called The Mammoth Book of True Crimes, which I want, <laughs> describes her as a relative rarity a pretty criminal yep yeah which makes sense because like the list of the femme fatales i was looking at was the woman that was the inspiration for monster that's movie. eileen warnos oh there we go yeah so I yeah know, she's i don't know who that is on um it's okay we'll it's talk a great movie so she that book the i'm just an ordinary girl hayes the author says that asserts that Kine was inspired to kill her husband by a police magazine <laughs> uh, where she read a story of Lilia Chastain, a Virginia woman who shot her husband during an argument and blamed the gunshot on the couple's two-year-old daughter. Jesus Christ. Charges were filed on her weeks before James Kine's death. And that is Sharon Kine. La pistolera. Wild, right? Okay, let's see. <laughs> We're gonna end this now. Yeah, we're not. Um, we're not doing a question. I'm sorry, I can't right now. Okay. What do you want from Chipotle? That's the question. That is yeah. literally the question because okay. I'm about to. It's fine. Isabel's about to like eat me. Okay, guys, she's biting. Thank you so much for listening. We Follow love you. us Bye. on all our social medias. Uh, there are two. The number girls. Number one, SC, um, and then email us. And at literally, it's spelled out two girls. Mm-hmm. One scared cat mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Yes. Follow me on Spotify. <laughs> follow oh, us. us. No, on follow me. <laughs> they don't know your last name. Crack. It's all on our website. You. Anyway, my all name right. is anonymous. We love you. We love you all. Bye, Bye. Sal. Tree hugger.